everyone. Welcome back to the Film Buzz podcast. This is episode number three, and my name is Henry. And this is Brayden. And it is, again, uh, just the two of us uh, today. Uh, Mr. Will Davies couldn't make it, um, but he's going to try and make it again for next week. He's just a little too busy. Um, but thank you so much for being with us. Um, we are going to be reviewing Baby Driver and Bong Joon-ho's new Netflix movie, Okja. Um, so, as well as some other things, so we hope you'll stick around. And we are recording, just for people in the area, we are recording in the Chelsea Theater um, in the wonderful Chapel Hill, and so if you do hear some weird background sounds, we're outside of a store, or I mean outside of a theater, so, and there's walkways and all that, so sorry if there's any ambient noise, but we'll do our best to limit that. Um, but anyways, uh, Brayden, how the hell are you? Um... Oh, better, better this week than I was last because at least these were, were watchable films as opposed to that 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 garbage garbage, garbage. dumpster fire that Transformers was. So yeah. uh, a bit better of a mood this week than last. I'll mm-hmm. just I'll put it that way. And so I guess I mean we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but you have uh, received a potentially start a new job, but you uh, it may not, yeah. Um, so who knows? We'll see. Um, could be leaving us out. We don't know. Um, but anyways, um, anything been going on lately or just usual stuff? Usual stuff. Same old, same old. Yeah. Slinging, slinging popcorn, cleaning floors, you know, the mm. usual. So yeah. nothing nothing too exciting. Yeah, well, I think, well, we all had a pretty long fucking weekend this past week with that, um, you know, it was a bit, a little bit With the fourth? Busy. Yeah, with yeah. that doc- new documentary showing and... And all that. It was yeah, that a lot was to deal with. Particularly good slash bad. Good for the theater. Uh, we showed a documentary, Raising Bertie, which uh, one of the producers on that was a former employee of ours here. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and so he came in and did a Q&A, which was spectacular. And the issue itself, uh, you know, about uh, uh, families living in sort of poor rural communities and, and uh, some young men there trying to sort of, I think, rise above their... Mm-hmm. Um, their environment and so i mean it's a good film good good message and uh we had a lot of turnout for it which was good mm-hmm. um however you know big crowds like that people inevitably get cranky yeah and anger is always uh yeah always a difficult thing so Definitely. but um it was good to have the crowds, and it was good to, to show the film because it's you know it's a good film and a, and a good message. And yeah. So, um, it was interesting, but 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 if I had hair to pull out, I would have been pulling it out. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, over at the coffee shop, it was we had some of that overflow, and so that was real fun. So, yeah, but it was good that the business it did well. So yeah, that's that's all you can really ask for. Um, oh, but should I should I mention the uh, the little altercation? You know, remember the uh, I, the other the, day the, the the fist fight. What was the, that? The potential fist the fight. Potential fist. Okay, fight. so um, I guess for anyone listening out there, so just quick story. We'll get to the movie soon. So um, there are these two gentlemen. Um, one afternoon, I guess it was on maybe a Monday or a Sunday, and they all all of a sudden started raising their voices very loudly, and I was about to you know make like the Terminator and go ask them to lower their voices, please. But luckily, after about 30 seconds of causing a ruckus uh, in the shop, they uh, 
they kindly left and then started bickering outside. Then they went over t towards the Chelsea here, bickered for a while, and somehow a mug was broken, and apparently punches, a punch, a sing maybe a single punch was thrown, maybe, mm -hmm. don't know. Um, but then the best part, this is what I love, absolutely love. So I, we see them walking away towards their cars, and then they get, in, they get into their cars and start to drive away, and as one of the guys is about to pull out in his car vehicle, he looks out the window and yells at the guy. He's not done yelling at him. <laughs> and so he, then he speeds off like crazy, and that was the end of it. But a real exciting time for a very slow day, so that it's rare we ever have anything like that happen. So, and we still don't know what it was about because these men were talking in... I think it was maybe Arabic or Farsi or something like that, and so had no idea what they were fucking saying, but um, it seemed very heated. Um, so I wasn't even... I wish I heard the, the mug smash, but I just attributed it to the... because there was quite a bit of a crowd out front and some mm -hmm. children running around, so I thought it was just, you know, general chaos that, that ensues when you have a crowd. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize there was this whole altercation going on until maybe, what, 45 minutes, an hour later, mm -hmm. an officer, a police officer shows up yep. wanting, wanting asking answers. questions. Yeah, wanting, wanting, answers. wanting answers, asking some questions about that. So we, uh, we spoke with him briefly, but, you know, none of us really saw a whole heck of a lot other than the screaming and the yelling and yeah. the, the, you know, frantic waving of, of hands. So, yeah. Um, yeah, life's life's not dull. Life's not <laughs> life's not never never dull moment. It's about ninety five percent dull around here, and then five percent yeah. is, is not. But that was definitely one of the most more exciting things to happen recently. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, uh, Brayden, anything uh, want to bring up? No, no. I mean, it's 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 it is what it is. Yeah. You know, so uh, just moving along singing a song, whatever. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. In this life anymore. Um, all right, well, um, I guess without further ado, let's get to our review of Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, and we've got a clip. Let's take a listen. So you're just starting your day, or did you just get off? Oh, I don't know if I ever get off. They call, I go, you know. So what is it you do? I'm a driver. Oh, like a, like a chauffeur? You drive around important people? I guess I do. Anyone I'd know? I hope not. Well, aren't you mysterious? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> so when was the last time you hit the road just for fun? Yesterday. Oh, I'm jealous. Sometimes all I want to do is head west on 20 in a car I can't afford with a plan I don't have. Just me, my music, and the road. I'd like that, too. All right, so uh, Baby Driver is directed by Edgar Wright um, and stars Ansel Elgort, uh -huh. John Bernthal, Jamie Foxx, John Hamm, Eliza Gonzalez, uh, and Kevin Spacey, as well as maybe a few other people, uh, minor people. Flea. Hmm? Flea. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Flea's in it. Oh, I, I had no, no you idea. You didn't? No, I, I'm not a huge... I mean, I don't listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers wow. all that often, so I don't... Flea! If it was Green Day, if it was someone from Green Day in there, I would know it, but not Red Hot Chili Peppers. Flea! He was in the Big Lebowski! <laughs> As who? 
He, the weird guy with the weasel. He shoves he shoves the dude into the oh. tub and throws the throws the what right. is it? The weasel, yeah. the mongoose, whatever that is in the tub with the, him. Um, fuck. Uh, what shit? Um, what is it? A ferret. Know, it's a ferret. A ferret. Yeah, That's okay. the one. Um, oh yeah, for listeners who don't know, Green Day is the best. I absolutely <laughs> love them to death. But we won't get into it. Anyways, um, all right. So the IMD plot synopsis for. Uh, Baby Driver is, after being coerced into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver uh, finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. Uh, Brayden, what did you think of Edgar Wright's Baby Driver? Uh, Fantastic. I mean, it was really a fun, fun... Pardon the pun here. It was a really fun ride. Mm -hmm. Um, But getting away from the really horrible... uh, sort of Peter Travers catch line phrase things here. Um, it, it was it was quite well done. I mean, I've always enjoyed uh, Edgar Wright's films, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, Spectacular. Uh, I did kind of enjoy Tintin, but mostly because I read the comics as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, not a spectacular film, but I did, I did enjoy it. Um, I'm trying to think of what else he did. Edgar Wright? Yeah. The, well, so the Cornetto trilogy. So sh- wait, which ones did you just mention? Uh, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, Ten Ten, and uh, yeah, well, he d- he only co-wrote Ten Ten. Spielberg right, did, right? Uh, Spielberg yeah. directed. Um, then he did it uh, at the the World's End, which is the yeah. final in the Cornetto trilogy. Okay, that's that's what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, um, which I like the World's End. Not as not, I didn't think it was quite as as, as sort of sharp. Same in terms of as the parody as as um, the first two. Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, yeah. But uh, it was still it was still a good film to watch. I always like Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, and mm-hmm. and uh, Edgar Wright does really spectacular vehicles for the two of them. So yeah. Um, but um, it was it was fun. It was clever. It was sort of a good heist film. I thought the characters were really well fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um. The use of music, which, uh, you know, there are so many films and they like to tie in music, but rather than it being a strictly nostalgia thing here, I mean, the uh, baby's backstory and how music ties into that, I thought that was fascinating. And so uh, the scenes I shot, I thought were shot well. The acting was really spectacular all around. I really enjoyed Kevin Spacey. Mm. Um, See, I actually wasn't crazy about Kevin Spacey. Really? I thought he felt off to me. Really? Yeah. I, I thought he was good. I thought he was good as, as sort of the, the well, creepy... Yeah, well, maybe kind of more hit and miss. Maybe not. I didn't think it was bad, but just yeah. not, not as... Anyways, go on. Oh, no, but but um, I thought it was all around uh, an excellently done film. Uh, is it... Is it a timeless classic? Yeah, some people would seem to think so. Uh, some people would seem to think so. I don't know that it's a timeless classic, but I would say it's it's... It's an important film to watch. It's something to keep. It's going to be around for a while. It's it's sort of a touchstone for for modern crime caper things. It's, um, um, it has a very different sort of take from uh, what was that Spike Lee film? The one, uh, Chirac? No, it was the one about uh, Jodie Foster's in it. It's about the guys. Oh, Inside Man. Yes, that's a good one. Brilliant film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sort of hold that as the the apex of modern sort of crime drama thriller things but baby driver obviously has a different angle on that you know edgar wright being edgar wright he's a little more clever fun buoyant um and so i thought i thought this was definitely a good film definitely go see it in the theater maybe even catch it twice the driving scenes which are the the focus of the action are spectacular so for sure 
So, yeah. what, were, what were your thoughts? If you didn't like Spacey, who'd you like? Um, well, I mean, I guess, so, I say, I was not wowed by the trailer. Mm-hmm. I was really not, I was like, I was like, ugh, it's just. Yeah. I, and, um, and I do like Edgar Wright. I love Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Not crazy about Scott Pilgrim. Do like The World's End a good bit, but not as much as mm-hmm. the other two, like we, we were just saying. Um, I, I mean, I, overall, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I, I thought the first half was felt off to me. Like, it was kind of like tonally. It, and also, the humor in the movie it just wasn't working for me. Like, really? Like, I think I really miss Simon Pegg's comedic voice in, from the Cornetto trilogy because he co-wrote all three of those movies right. with Edgar Wright. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love those movies so much is because of Simon Pegg. His sense of humor. Yeah, and because I felt like with this, it was mostly pretty flat for me, which, I mean, it's not, like, the biggest thing in the movie, obviously, but mm-hmm. compared to his other works, I was a little let down. Um, and also, I mean, I'm, I'll get the things I liked in, in a second, but um, one thing, I, I just was not crazy about Ansel Elgort. He, he had this, he tried to do this very weird kind of gravelly voice at times, like, uh, yeah. Do you need me to drive? And he's just this kind of like relatively wimpy looking kid, like teenage kid. And he's like, yeah, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you need me to do that? And it's just, it's like, it's trying to be, I don't know, Al Pacino or something. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't crazy about him for the most part. I liked really everyone else. I like mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx, which usually I don't. I liked him. I like John Hamm, mm-hmm. huge Madden fan. So I, I like to follow his work when I can. Um, uh, but yeah, like it, the first half just felt like it was. I couldn't tell if. Also, I it felt like in that opening scene where he's dancing and there's the music playing. I couldn't tell yeah. if. Okay, are we supposed to think this guy's a really cool hip guy, or is it just like this guy is such a nerd? I couldn't tell if it was which one it was, mm-hmm. and I feel like it wanted to make a certain point. Did you have a... I'm kind of with you on that. The answer El Gore character, it was a little hard to follow because, you know, one scene he's dancing around, the next scene he's he's acting like sort of, I guess, mildly autistic, not speaking. Mm. He's got his earbuds plugged in. Yeah. And then he does this little Rain Man thing, you know. Kevin Spacey says, what did I just say? And he just rattles off word for word yeah. exactly what Kevin Spacey had just said. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a, the character's a bit all over the map. I guess, again... The intent is to show some sort of complexity to the character. Oh, he's this kind-hearted soul, and he's got sort of still this, this boyish charm to him and all this kind of... He likes to dance around, and he takes good care of his deaf-mute uh, foster father and all this kind Ooh, of stuff. I like, I like that character. Yeah, I, I, I like that character, and I like the relationship between the two of them. Same, um, but the sign language and... Yeah. I like that, yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, that really sort of, again, plays up or shows up the uh, the concept of, of sound music mm-hmm. uh, within the film. But, um, yeah, he's, he's a little hard to follow because sometimes he seems, he, seems, he seems a little detached and then other times he's, he's very much connected and then other, you know, sometimes he's, he's very cool and charming. Like the first time he meets his love interest, he's, he's like, you know, I wish... I wish I had that kind of ease with with women, mm-hmm. you know. Who doesn't, right? Yeah. So I mean, he's just he's just charming. He knows the right thing to say all the time, and then other times he doesn't say it. I don't, you know. And again, I guess it's trying to display complexity of the character, but but it 
occasionally comes across as a little too disjointed in a way. Yeah, I mean, and I just felt like, particularly in the first half, it, the movie just felt like I was trying a little bit too hard to be cool mm-hmm. and stylized. I, like, I really found Edgar Wright's direction good and refreshing, yeah. particularly compared to, you know, Transformers or The Mummy or all these movies that just have no real artistic or personal stamp on them. Edgar Wright directed this movie incredibly well. Um, I just don't know if certain parts of it matched his skill, well, you know? It's it's interesting you bring that up because it's the it's sort of the aesthetic thing of... The best way to put it is the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe versus DC. Mm-hmm. You've got something like Transformers, which is just grindingly harsh and depressing and all these dark, saturated, dark colors, and mm-hmm. it's just... Mankind fighting for its last, you know. Yeah, it's awful. And then awful. you've got something like uh, Baby Driver, right? Which is more sort of along the Marvel Cinematic Universe aesthetic, which is there's 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 vibrancy and color and buoyancy and, and movement and dynamism, mm-hmm. rather than just sort of grinding oppressive uh, gloom and doom all the time. Although and, although I'm I'm getting a little tired of the that kind of televisual look to a lot of the Marvel movies, like Captain America Civil War and mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. It just feels a little... It's it's colorful, yeah, but it just feels kind of digital. Whereas, I mean, I, I, well, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, uh, they are obviously aren't perfect and visually aren't perfect either. I kind of like those a little more, but I, I know exactly what you mean, so go on. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... it's there's a place for gloom and doom, and, and I don't know. It's just the, there seems to be the, a drastic dichotomy. The, like, those seem to be the only two visual styles now. Yeah. Which is, um, it's just that the, the, the more buoyant, vibrant one hasn't really worn me down yet. Whereas right. the gloom and doom, because it is so oppressive, mm-hmm. uh, it does sort of weigh down on me. Plus, you know, frankly... It's probably worn on me because I associate it so much with the DC films, which have generally been pretty abysmal. Mm. Um, except for Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman. And was... I like the others, but I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, thought, I did think Baby Driver looked good. Mm-hmm. You know, good. I mean, it's not overly colorful, you know, but it's just a pretty natural palette, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So... Um, it was fun to watch. I thought the action sequences were good. Yeah, and, it and a lot of practical ones too. Yeah, which like, is I've, I've much. I'm a huge fan of the return to practical effects. I'm same. so tired of of the overuse of CG. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun to yeah. watch. So, um, but yeah, um, getting back into, my, I guess my personal take. Um, but I did like. There's a an, an arm steel. In the, about the midway through the movie, then after that I was in because mm-hmm. it felt like it was a, it had a, a serious tone or a, just a defined tone, and it just went for. It. I mean, sure, there's some goofy stuff towards the end, yeah. but it's felt like it was knew exactly what it wanted to be. Whereas it felt like the first half was just kind of all over the place. Um, but I really did like the end action sequence with John Hamm. Um, yeah. Spoiler. Fuck. Um, that's kind of oh shit. I. Uh, spoiler, sorry. Spoiler. Uh, um, Retroactive. Spoiler. So, uh, uh, the f- the f- dr- fight pr- uh, drive with the um, in the parking garage with an unnamed person, yeah. and baby driver, <laughs> um, and uh, I really like that a lot and how it ended. Um, and even just from a visual standpoint, it was really cool. It had some like all those blink, you know, red mm-hmm. blink because he there's a police car involved and it's at night and it's it's interesting. Um, but um, 
Oh, shit. Sorry, there are these people outside talking. Um, fucking go away. Um, anyways, uh, but yeah, uh, I really liked... There are a few... There wasn't as much musical stuff, quote-unquote, as I was expecting. Like, it really? seemed... Like, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of music, but it's like... Um, just... Uh, it wasn't as used as cl- uh, cleverly or as interestingly as I was hoping. Like, I really like... There's one scene where John, ha- John Hamm is shooting an assault rifle at people and it lines up with his the bullet the bullet shots line up with with the beat from the, yeah, yeah the beat from the that? song Hocus Pocus by the band Focus I think go, that, go, that go sounds, figure Hocus yeah Pocus that sounds Pocus. right um and um it lines up with even some of the editing and I love that mm-hmm. like it's like bang 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 you know you know and it's just really interesting um I liked all that stuff maybe not as much as there could have been so I mean I, I definitely liked how it was kind of choreographed with musical sequ- with music and I like that um, it was again another refreshing thing about this movie I definitely didn't hate this movie yeah um, I, it's definitely one of the more interesting movies of the summer for sure so far um, I mean probably not in my favorites of the year um, and I don't know if it's as amazing as people think it is or at least I don't but um, but yeah I mean it was we were talking a little while ago about pacing so yeah I mean the first half is I mean, I thought the whole movie was paced pretty well. It's just I wasn't didn't feel that engaged in the first half, whereas the second half I was, I was in, you know. Yeah. Um, but I did like kind of switching gears. I did really like Lily James. Um, yeah. Who's the girlfriend of? Yeah, as Deborah, right? Deborah. Yes. Yeah. The girlfriend of Ansel Elgort, um, and because she's from, um, if you don't recognize the name. She's from Downton Abbey, and she was also Cinderella in the live action. Um, Disney one from a couple years ago, so that's she's kind of been doing some other stuff since. But I guess Downton Abbey was her first start. Um, yeah, I liked her. And I liked their relationship. And I did. There are these short period se- uh, like dream sequences. The first one's in black and white. Mm-hmm. Then there's an, another one in color, in which color, right. which I liked. Just kind of a cool, stylish scene. Yeah. You know, um, like anything 1950s is awesome, or it could have been 60s. Um, but. Uh, yeah, and I, I did like, um, yeah, like I said, I like John Hamm. Um, and, yeah, I, f- I found most of the characters interesting. It's just, uh, yeah, a lot of the dialogue felt out of place. Like it was, again, trying too hard or was, felt like it could have been in a different movie, whereas other stuff felt completely, wonderfully over the top, and then other stuff just felt off. I don't know yeah. why, but, yeah, um, yeah. Well, for me, I mean, if I, I sort of agree with that. I think the first half of the film is more interested in character development than mm-hmm. in uh, putting together the story and the tension that comes later in the film. And so the first half of the film, you get you get the introduction to Baby, obviously, to the John Hamm character, the, the Eliza Gonzalez character, uh, Kevin Spacey's character, and then, uh, you know, after, after that crew, then you meet Bats, the Jamie Foxx character. Mm-hmm. And then once all these players were lined up and then brought together, that's when the real, the real tension boils up. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, Baby and his, his love interest, Deborah become embroiled in this whole crazy underworld scheming, double-crossing thing, and he's worried about endangering Deborah, and I mean, it, it 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 moves on from there, and then that's when things become really interesting. Yeah. And the introduction of the characters would be sort of slow, 
and dull, except for so many of these characters and the actors portraying them are so fascinating. Like all of the, mm-hmm. you know, Bats, uh, Buddy, the John Hamm character, yeah. Charling, the Eliza Gonzalez, they're all actually interesting characters in their own right. Yeah. And so that makes the, the, the introduction and development of those characters at least worthwhile. It's not simply a throwaway part of the film. Mm-hmm. It, it's slower. It's not really exactly pertinent to the what happens later in the film. Mm-hmm. But it, it's interesting, and it sets up uh, what will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's... Um, at least it doesn't feel as though it's a completely sort of throwaway aspect of the film, like so much, you know, in the Transformers was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, this most recent one, it didn't even feel as though there was any character development. And the one yeah. person that there was some sort of character development, which was the young girl, is Isabella, I think. I forget what her name I don't was. know. But uh, other, besides her, there, it seemed like there was no, no character development, and her character was developed only so briefly, and then she just drops out of the film anyways. Yeah. And, and with, not even, I mean, we're ragging on Transformers, but... Um, I, I mean, even a lot of other summer, summer movies. Like, the, I mean, I, you didn't see The Mummy, right? No, I didn't have that. That's another mo- that. movie, which I mean, I'm not expecting like deep, you know, crazy character de- development, but so many, it's just all plot, plot, plot. Mm-hmm. You don't learn anything about the characters. It's just so kind of mind numbing and boring after yeah. a while. But yeah, I mean, that's so that's one thing I definitely did like about Baby Driver. At least it had some established characters, relatively memorable. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fun, you know? That, that's uh, yeah another nice thing about it it's fun yeah. for the most part so it's it's an enjoyable film to watch I mean and you don't go in in just for the special effects you actually become sort of invested in the in the film because of those characters mm-hmm. you know you you go uh, like a film like Transformers like I would go to watch that for the special effects but what would really invest me what would really draw me into the film is if they had strong characters and good story yeah and so Baby Driver you watch the ads, you go, oh, some cool car chase scenes. And you go in for the car chase scenes, but uh, as opposed to some of these other films, it does a good job with the story, and it does a good job with the character development. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, you go for the car chase, and you stay for the, the character development in the story. Yeah. So that's what that's what draws me in. Uh, I did, um, the other day, I, I rewatched, I started watching the first Transformers. Mm-hmm. I was like, the first 30 minutes, this actually, and it's pretty decent, mm-hmm. but I, then I paused it to go, get something and it's like two hours and 23 minutes i'm like this is why people don't like these movies yeah they start off decent and then oh wait no you still have two and a half hours more to go so yeah. enjoy yeah um, exactly. but yeah so i mean baby driver was i think under two hours so that was nice it was hour 50 something um yeah. and um i guess it's sony they're asking him to do a sequel or they want him to do a sequel have you heard about that no yeah so they want him to and apparently he says like there's more to do with these characters, as Edgar Wright says. I'm, sounds, I'm sure, but um, so p- could possibly. I mean, the movie's not doing amazing, but it's doing, I think, decent enough. Where yeah. if Sicario, which didn't do well, can get a se- like two sequels, then well, I mean, Sicario. Yeah. I'm sorry, it was a brilliant. Film. It's amazing. Critics absolutely loved yeah. it. Yeah, and there's there's a reason for that. It was Benicio del Toro. It was amazing. Yeah, and, and but same thing with this movie. It's at like 98 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, and. So, I mean, people, I think, at least critics in particular, are loving it. But I think most, like, a lot of people I know are, this is, like, the best movie of the year, which is understandable. You yeah. know, definitely not. Emily Blunt, that's uh, Sicario. Yeah. Who's also she's, Yeah, she's, and oh, she's Josh so good. Brolin. Yeah. I mean, the whole, I mean, the, 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 that's a remarkable film. I, you know. If you haven't seen Sicario, go, good, it, it's on, maybe on Amazon, go watch it. Absolutely go watch it. Um, 
I don't know why. Why? Why do they keep making sequels or films that necessarily don't need? Because Hollywood is dead, and they have no more original ideas. I mean, Sicario <laughs> was a brilliant enough film, and it wrapped up everything. Yeah. Um, Blade Runner, right? Yeah. Wrapped up everything. So why do you need a sequel, mm-hmm. especially thirty years down the road? Maybe money. I mean, it's all uh, money, but. And now, Baby Driver. I mean, I guess. Blade Runner is just, a, I think, a straight-up sequel. But the other films, Sicario, from what I understand, they're focusing more on the Benicio Del Toro character, yeah. whereas Sicario itself, the original, was more focused on the Emily Blunt character. Right. So I can kind of see that, and I think if they did the same thing with a Baby Driver sequel, where where Baby drops out of the picture and they focus more on... Uh, frankly, I'd like to see more of uh, Buddy's backstory and how he got to know Darling and how the two of them That'd wound up. yeah together i'd watch that and in this sort of crime life spree thing yeah um but uh you know if you want to do if you want to do something don't necessarily do a sequel do i don't know if i call it a spin-off but but something to broaden the universe out a, a bit you know yeah but um and, i mean as long as edgar wright directs it i'd be down maybe you get simon peg to help you co-write it just yeah. just ask him he's probably not that busy yeah ask him and You'll he's be. not that busy. <laughs> he's not in demand at all. He's not. He's not a hot item. That no. last Star Trek film was just terrible. <laughs> he just, Nobody. <laughs> he just co-wrote it also, and apparently he might be writing the, the fourth one as well. There's some. Well, that's that's what I thought. It's there? all up in the air if the fourth one's even happening. I really loved the third. I one. I thought it was a done deal. I thought the fourth one is is a done deal. Yeah. I, apparently, I Chris, heard... Hem, Chris Hemsworth is supposed to come back, but oh uh, yeah, he's supposed to be playing Kirk's father again. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so get uh, yeah, Edgar Wright. If you're listening, I'm sure you are. Get uh, get Simon over there and help you. Write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. And but one issue I, I'm having with this year, um, at least so far, I'm sure there's some great stuff in July coming out. So I'm really excited, like Dunkirk and yeah. War for the Planet of the Apes and mm-hmm. all those. Um, but just like so many of these movies, even if I really like it in the theater, it's like a week after, which I'm like a week removed from it now. It's like completely out of my brain, usually. Yeah. You yeah. know, and there's just I guess I mean Logan definitely resonated with me, and then yes. I'd say like a cure for wellness, and I maybe, still need to go see yeah, that. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. It's good. Um, and uh, some something. There's some others, but yeah, like Alien Covenant, Wonder Woman. Even I loved watching them in the theater, right. and now it's just gone, gone. Which, I mean, it's, it's summer, done. but yeah. it, it's, I was kind of hoping a little bit more so far this year. They don't year, really but stick in the back of your mind the way no. some other films do. No. Um, but yeah, no, there are some cool indie movies coming out soon that I'm maybe hoping that'll do it. And I guess Ocha, which we'll be talking about. Yeah. I guess that was, what, that was uh, for me. Which indie films are you thinking about? The, a Ghost Story. Ghost Story, which yeah. I, Which I, I love David Lowry, who did he did Pete's Dragon, I mean, which is a good movie, mm-hmm. and then Ain't Them Body Saints with... Uh, yeah. Mara and Affleck, who are in a ghost story, yeah. and I think we're going to try and review that on the show at some point because it just got—I think it got a four out of four on Roger Ebert's website. Mm-hmm. So it's—I mean, it's, I think it's clearly doing well. Yeah, um, I've read a few reviews of it, and they seem to really love it. I think who was it? Uh, Anthony Lane in the New Yorker. I read his mm-hmm. review, and he really, really liked uh, Ghost yeah. Story. Oh, nice. So and but yeah, then I think there's some others from that A24 production company and. Um, but yeah, so anyway, anyways, um, so Ben, uh, the year's been a little underwhelming so far, but well, th- this one is, was nice. We've got, there are a few, I mean, the, those those films that you just mentioned, Ghost Story, there's uh, 
three billboards outside of Ebbing's, Missouri. Right, because um, you're I'm kind of excited. You're, about. you're a big. Um, what's that director's name? I honestly I can't remember for the life of me right now. He but did. I, he did In Bruges and he did Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. Seven Psychopaths was 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 fun. In Bruges was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, who was that? That was Colin Farrell and uh, Ray Fiennes, and I think it was Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, well. that sounds right. And I mean, the, the ensemble cast was remarkable. It was a beautiful film, very elegiac mm-hmm. in, in its storytelling. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, just a spectacular film. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm really, you know, hoping that Billboards, outside of yada, 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 very long title, is uh, sort of a return to form. Because Seven Psychopaths was not a a bad film, but yeah. in Bruges at the bar so high. But then, you know, we've also got Dark Tower, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. Blade Runner, which I'm mm, I think somewhat excited about. Yeah. Because I, I, I still I still think Ryan Gosling is a, is a spectacular actor, even Same. if I don't watch all the films that he does. Yeah. La La Land can mm-hmm. go take a leap off of. Anyhow. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, Drive drive is awesome is amazing uh-huh and so have you seen the place beyond the pines no that's, that's i've got that on netflix that's i need to watch that yeah if you haven't seen that movie people go out and watch that that's it may be on amazon something it's, it's like on that, but netflix they just picked it up recently so i need to go see that yeah, yeah. get that one uh, i can't watch stuff i want to watch because i'm too busy watching movies for this i'm so. sorry that's my bad curse you Damn it. um but uh yeah, I, I I like Ryan Gosling a lot, and so you know, uh, and I really like the original, the director's cut at least of Blade Runner. So oh I'm yeah, we talked about, about that, that last so, week. Yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, Dark Tower, uh, and Atomic Blonde, which we'll actually will be getting to, getting into yeah. a little bit. But that looks just, it's like John Wick, but Charlie Theron is the best. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. that's so well, it's gonna I be mean, fun. She's she's awesome. She's awesome. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Wow. Mad Max Fury wrote Mad best Max. best thing ever. I loved her in uh, Alien uh, Prometheus. Oh yeah, yeah, she's great uh, in that. She's great in that. A young you adult. Know, have you seen Young Adult yet? No, I haven't. That's she's that's probably one of her better ones too. I've I've heard she's quite good in that. Yeah, well, and Monster, you know. which is and kind Monster, of the big yes. witch's Oscar winner. Oh, so. amazing, amazing performance in that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, but I mean, yeah. So I mean, there's definitely some interesting things to come this year. So I mean, it's not like I'm this year is a piece of shit. I'm just saying. It's kind of been... Nothing so far. Nothing, nothing really sticking. Date. I think Dunkirk is going to be... Yeah. Get that 70 millimeter well, screening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. Don't get me started on actual film stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, when Christopher Nolan is a projectionist mm-hmm. and has to deal with brain wraps yeah. and several hundred feet of film wrapping itself around shit yeah. and flaming up yeah. and burning through... And he's got an angry audience. Then he can get high and mighty <laughs> about the wonders of film stock. It's gonna be amazing, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, all these guys: Quentin Tarantino, Christopher Nolan, who, who refused to give fucking up. guys. You know, <laughs> get, curse them. Get, get the fuck out. Just you know, uh, when they when they actually have to project in front of an audience of hundreds of people and deal with a brain wrap, uh-huh. then they can wax poetic about the wonders of film. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, until then. They can stick stuff where sun don't or shine. Don't, don't shine. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think there's some spectacular films. I'm super excited about uh, Warfield Planet of the Apes. Yeah, the, the praise for that one has been really through the in, roof. Yeah, just getting better and better. So I'm and I'm I just re- rewatched Rise uh, on 4K, and that one was 
I, I've forgotten how that one's very good. I like Dom a little more. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, but I'm sure War will be fantastic. So yeah. I can't wait. Well, see, that's that's the thing is I agree with you. So far this year, there have been good, some good films, but nothing has really stuck with. It. I mean, Wonder Woman was good, but but none of the characters really, other than Wonder Woman herself, none of the characters really stuck with me. I mean, no. even the Chris uh, the Chris Pine character. Yeah. He, he's charming, just sort of he's just, charming, but he's sort of throwy. He's a throwy it, character. Yeah. But um, Baby Driver, at least, you know. It feels as though that's going to stick with me a little more. I think the character is a little more interesting. And so um, that's really the first film that, I mean, and I love the Alien series, and I thought Covenant was spectacular. Yeah. But other than, again, other than the Michael Fassbender characters that he plays, Every, what, David just... and and Walter. Walter, that's right. David yeah. and Walter. Other than those two characters, it's a no, lot of the... They're nothing. Yeah. They're just, I mean, they're. it's a horror movie, so it's obviously... Most Everybody's gonna die. Every so we don't want you to get to know them too well because we just want to have people to kill off, right. which is understandable. Right, right. Uh, I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Actually, this is the first time I've seen really James Franco in anything for a while, and you don't even really see James Franco. But well, the thing is, he's been like, um, he does like ten or fifteen movies a year. Then he directs stuff and he writes stuff. And so, like, if you go to his IMDb page, which I was actually just looking at here before I came. It's like he has like 10 credits upcoming. Mm-hmm. And most of them don't really get releases, like wide releases, but he's still like the busiest guy in Hollywood he's right now. Incredibly prolific, yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. Um, oh, he's done some some good stuff, but uh, it's just funny because I haven't seen really seen him in anything. And then he shows up in Alien Covenant, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really show up in Alien Covenant. You see him once, which is in a clip of some footage that one of the characters has, and then he's in a little pod and bursts yeah, Which is distracting. Like, what's the point? Yeah. You know? So you, you could get to anyone. see char-grilled James Franco, which I'm sure some audience members out there are applauding. I but, love. Uh, Great. <laughs> Lovely. But, um. uh, yeah, so uh, I agree with you. I think none of, none of these have really... None of these films stick with me, but I think Baby Driver, at least so far, is has left more of an impression than a lot of the other films. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and yeah, oh, and one thing, and we'll wrap it up, I, I guess, um, is I, there, when the, viol- the violence used in the movie was effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's R-rated, and yeah. so, I mean, there's some decent violence in the movie, and I thought it was used effectively when it was not overly gory, but yeah. still, I mean, visually effective, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, uh uh, anything else? No, I, I agree with you. The violence, uh, there's some gunplay, but it's it's very minor. You know, people get shot, but it's not it's not gory. You don't see bullets flying through yeah. bodies or anything like that. And it, the, the, the focus of the action is mostly the races, the, yeah. the chasing. And I mean, uh, the big, the big, one of the big uh, action pieces in the film, there's a little gunplay, but um, Ansel Elgort's character is on foot, and so you get a foot chase, which you don't get in a lot of films these days. Mm-hmm. You know, you got that in some of the Bourne films, right? Mm-hmm. But other than that, I can't think of a lot of films where oh, there's a big oh. foot chase kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess sorry. There's a fly <laughs> uh, flying. He's flying around here. It's just we're just trying to swat him off. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Foot chase was probably, even though it's called Baby Driver, foot the foot chase was great. Yeah. So um, I mean, the action the action sequences are chases rather than focusing on like bang bang guns ah, ha, ha, boo, yeah boo, boo, boo. um oh there's uh my friend Gemma. i told i told her that i would uh wave to her when she left but she can't see me 
Hi. Um, uh, and uh, oh, one thing about the driving. Now, I'm obviously biased because it's like my favorite movie. But after Mad Max, Fury mm-hmm. Road, most car chases are just so underwhelming. Because I mean, well, with what Fury Road did, which is obviously so much more than these movies, but it's just like it's just not always as interesting. Because I'm like, oh yeah, they did that better. Which I, I know it's it kind of maybe not the best way to phrase it, but. I mean, but the stuff in Baby Driver is still interesting, mm-hmm. still fun, and I like the one where he's like um, during that Michael Myers bit, where, and they drives around. The, oh, the, he's driving in front at like of like a forty-five degree angle along yeah, the bank. Yeah, that was cool. I really like that. Um, and I did not like the opening scene where he's dancing in the car. Mm-hmm. It felt like Brad Pitt and Burn After Reading, where he's like, "Oh yeah, that's oh, right." Yeah. You know, it's just like another thing where it was confusing if. I don't know if he's cool, if, if we're supposed to be laughing at him, blah, blah, blah. But anyways. Think he's a dork, think he's cool. Yeah, like, I, ma- make up your mind, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. You got, that's about it? No, that's a, it's, it's, I think it's well worth a watch. And as yeah. I said, it's definitely stuck with me more than a lot yeah. of the other films. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're pl- trying to figure out a movie, go see, I'd pick that one. Um, uh, or you can stay at home to watch Okja, one or the other. Um, so... All right, uh, well, uh, Brayden, what are you going to give this out of four stars? Out of four stars, I'd definitely give Baby Driver three and a quarter, three and a half. So I, I thought I thought it was a really good film. Um, yeah. At least three, but I mean, as I said, I'd probably go even a little higher than three. Yeah, um, I'm kind of like, it'd be definitely, it's like a four out of five on Letterboxd for me, but like, I guess maybe a hard three or a light 3.5 out mm-hmm. of four, you know, pretty good. Yeah, again, like pretty cool movie, just not just not amazing um so yeah all right well um with the wall with that all done and over with let's get into our review of ocha and we've got a clip for this one as well so take a quick listen hello i'm lucy miranda of the miranda corporation maybe the miranda vision has already found its way into your home there's our organic harvesting and peachy delight baking goods and don't forget our happy pup treats. What a good boy. Then there's the innovative behind the scenes research we conduct over at Mirando Transformatives and the Mirando Animal Wellness Center. My scientists have discovered that while Mirando pigs dream peaceful and lovely dreams, those less fortunate pigs suffer from the most dreadful night terrors. We cannot know for certain what pigs' nightmares are like, but perhaps they're something like this. Pigs deserve happy dreams, just like the rest of us. All right. So, Okja is directed by Bong Joon-ho, um, stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Tilda Swinton, Paul Dano, and Seo Hyun-an, I think it's, sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but that is the the young girl in the movie, the main character. Um, and, I was, and so the IMD plot synopsis is a young girl who risks everything to prevent a powerful multinational company from kidnapping her best friend, a massive animal named Ocha. Um, 
So, Brayden, what do you think of Okja? Uh, first of all, disclaimer, uh, if we butcher any of the Korean pronunciations, very, very sorry. Very. Uh, I've been to Korea, and I still find the language very difficult. You notice how Okja and Mija, the name of, of the, 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 young, the young girl, in the Korean pronunciations, it was something like Okjaya yeah. and Mijaya. Yeah. And it's, there's no, the anglicized writing of it, there's no Y or anything like that, but it sounds like there's a Y mm. in the Korean pronunciation. Anyhow, it's just weird. Okja. Um, Shoot, sorry. It was, it was charming. I mean, that's, that's, it was, it was charming. Uh, it had a really sort of, wonderful fairy tale quality to it mm-hmm. uh which again that's 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 why it was so charming but beyond that it got too muddled it was trying to do too much too many messages and it mm-hmm. gets too muddled and i don't i don't know what bong jun ho was trying to tell us in it but it seemed as though he was trying to tell us so many different things and all of these messages sort of ended up conflicting with one another and it's it was he tried making a fairy tale but throwing a lot of sort of more mature uh sort of complexity into it and then that that just confused things too much and so i thought it's charming film it's it's fun to watch but you know it gets it gets a little too convoluted a little too complex and then all of that sort of washes out in the end and then it just returns to a very simple black and white dichotomous uh good bad mm. kind of message in the end yeah so uh, i mean you know i don't want to say it was an absolute disaster of a film but it wasn't it wasn't what it could have been or should have been mm. um all right well i can say um why well, I love the movie. It's not perfect. I love the movie, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and, now this isn't some, like, oh, gosh, the animals are being mistreated. I have to do this. Um, but so I've been, uh, since I saw it last, this Wednesday, Wednesday before last, and sorry, there's some fucking people talking o- over here, so sorry if the, you hear some chatter. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but anyways, um, since I saw it last, the Wednesday before last, I'm vegetarian. Like, honestly. I can't associate with you anymore. Yeah, I am. And I'm sure Will, uh, who's, you know, our co-host, if he's listening, he's probably just passed out because he's like, he has cookouts with massive amounts of meat yeah, every week. He you does. know, he takes it super seriously. He loves and, his meat. And I'll, I'll, you know, all power to him, but and it's only been a week, so it's not like I'm Mr. Cool Guy or King of the Castle um, <laughs> over here. But yeah, so I just... Because the, the way they make it out to be, um, there's scenes towards the end that are not inc- like crazy disturbing, but they're still visually pretty visceral. And um, it's just, and it, I mean, but it's presented the uh, killings at the end. It's like, um, what if you saw your own pet going into a slaughterhouse? At least that's how I saw it. Because it's this little girl seeing her wonderful Okja super pig. Yeah. Um, go like essentially being led into these horrible situations, and so I was just like, and my dog was with me at the time. I was like, I can't do it, can't do it, Brayden, can't do it. And since, well, since then, I haven't, 
I haven't had any meat, but I mean, usually I, w- I would be like a meat a day kind of guy, usually like turkey and things like that. But um, yeah, so it, it had that effect on me. And there have been other movies like it that have tried to almost like literally scare you into um, uh, becoming vegetarian, like Fast Food Nation. Did you ever yeah. see that? No, I haven't it's seen awful. that. I it's should terrible. I should watch it just to watch it. It's super self serious and kind yeah. of patronizing and yeah, just but this it was almost for me it was like a blend between Steven Spielberg of something like E. T. Right and Hayao Miyazaki with like spirited away. Right. And <clears throat> well that's my neighbor Totoro kind yeah. of has a because like the design of Okja feels very Miyazaki. Yeah, exactly. It's know? it's it's supposed to be a super pig and it looks more like some sort of weird hippopotamus hybrid thing yeah. uh, than it does a pig. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, it felt... It had very much sort of an anime, particularly a Miyazaki sensibility Definitely. to it. Sort of, you know, this fantastical childhood tale. Um, which, again, it, the thing is, it, you have this wonderful, fantastical tale, and then it sort of muddies things. The whole point to the Super Pig project was you've got this Mirando Corporation, which is run by Tilda Swinton's character, mm-hmm. which she and her twin sister, that's something else I'll get into briefly yeah. in a bit. But uh, you've got this Mirando Corporation, and you've got, uh, I think it's Lucy is the, the sweet, angelic one. Uh, Lucy yeah. Mirando, who is put together the Super Pig Project, and the whole point to the Super Pig Project was trying to create an animal that leaves a minimal ecological footprint while providing as much uh, nutritious uh, 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 animal protein as possible. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of the the Super Pig project was to try to mass produce this animal, which would then be able to put a dent into starvation situations around the world. And so, again, you've got this message... uh, Creating these animals in order to 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 stay to stave off starvation, to mm-hmm. fight food shortages around the world, to stop starvation, to try to feed everybody—that's a noble thing. Mm-hmm. And then it has all these depictions of, you know, then then the, the company turns out to be evil, and the twin sister Tilda Swinton, who plays the Nancy Mirando, the evil business-minded twin sister. Yeah. Uh, she ends up taking over the company at the end, and all of a sudden, it's just it turns into slaughter town, killing animals. You know, I mean, come on, Brayden. So, what is what is the point? What is what is what is Bong Joon Ho trying to say there? We should stop eating meat. I think it's like a just it's like a commentary on ethics of food consumption, and like if you're gonna like you know, I mean, be mindful of what what you're eating. You know, um, be aware where it comes from. Um, well, I mean, you know, okay, not to politicize things again, but I think those are it. only luxuries we have in the first world. First yeah. world, first world problems. Sure. You go to anywhere, uh, any any kind of lesser developed country. Um, you know, I hate to use the nomenclature third world country, but that's you know a lot of do it. Know. But um, you go to any lesser developed country and you say, you know. Ethical killing of animals, and you shouldn't eat meat if, unless it's ethically killed and raised in a free-range environment, and, and they're going to, you know, I don't care, give me meat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their, their, first, their first consideration is, is to take care of themselves, to take care of their children, to make sure they've got enough food. Mm-hmm. And they, so, again, 
it's it's these sort of first world problems, it's these these luxury problems that that you know we can get, oh how was the animal raised was it killed in a humane way mm-hmm. is was it a free range chicken you know <laughs> um, so uh, we uh, at my dinner table you know my parents we always uh, joke about things you know oh I want to make sure my chicken is free range and gluten free oh wow. you oh, know gluten free chicken wow. right so. I mean, these are these are issues that are sort of first world, and it makes you. I mean, the film comes in and says, "We've got this noble thing. We're doing this project in order to," and you know, I, it's a wonderful thing to consider about the the, the 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 you know consider life, the sanctity of all life, and all of this kind of thing. And I, you know, okay, fine, but at what point do the exigencies of human life set in? Right. And her relationship with this with the super pig is wonderful, but you know, okay, how about the complexity of her at some point recognizing this animal's intended to feed the wider human race? Yeah. And isn't it selfish for her to consider her own relationship to this animal? <laughs> she's a child, Brayden. <laughs> she's like ten. Well, yeah, she's, she, like, well, oh, she's I'm, fourteen. I'm, I'm being, she's fourteen. I'm being selfish. I'm, you know, it's just, but it's, it's like. What if your what if my dog like if I was twelve and or fourteen or at least fourteen, she looks like she's ten, but I will say she's fourteen. Um, what if I was like I, I couldn't bear even if it's like oh my dog is being intended for me I couldn't say no don't or well, like oh go take her take see her. that's the thing is I've known I've seen families, in fact I actually ate a goat. Oh, how's that? that? It was it was good actually. Okay. Uh, but the the point is there there are families who will raise this livestock and children who grow up with this livestock, knowing full well that it is intended to feed people and they love it. It's not it's it, I I mean they love the animal they don't love, they don't get some sort of sadistic glee out of knowing it, it eventually will be slaughtered and served to them. No, I mean they they love the animal, and I think that's the thing is they appreciate the animal even more. Because they grew up with it, and the the sacrifice that that this animal is making, I think they appreciate it even more. Yeah. And so again, of course, this is small farming things as opposed to the sort of the mass farming, which is what I think was the issue going on later in the film. But mm-hmm. again, the whole at the beginning of the film, the Miranda Company says we're going to send out these animals to small farmers, and they're going to use their their local farming techniques in order to raise these animals, mm-hmm. and so. Where was the bad stuff with all of that? And so again, the animals were supposed to be raised humanely, treated humanely, uh, and then, um, I mean, I guess the issue came in later because again, it was sort of like this mass slaughterhouse thing, which is again, yeah. what's well, so confusing about it is it goes from well, I mean, I think it's like it's in t- terms of people like the media because it's. It, because Bong Joon-ho's movies, there's a lot of commentary about corporations and yeah. corruption and, and media, even. Um, but, I mean, it's like, be aware, people who, I guess, are eating meat, nothing wrong with that, that's fine, um, uh, who are being told about, oh, this is being, these ki- being these animals are being killed humanely, et cetera, et cetera, then you realize, oh, they're just saying that to make... A, a, a quote or a, you know make more money and it's like right. just be aware of that sometimes me, the media is going to lie to you or companies are going to lie to you about how 
your product is getting to you. Yeah. I, so, I th- I, so it may not be the most blatant, or maybe he didn't communicate that as well. See, that's wonderfully as he could have, but I, it's still, I think it's there. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you. I think I think um, that would be a better, a, a more important message is corporate accountability. Because yeah. again, how this Miranda Super Pig project is set up is it seems incredibly humane and eco friendly and green and so forth. But then the whole slaughterhouse thing at the end of the film, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. I mean, that's that's sort of one message which gets lost in the whole sort of human humane treatment of animals message and all of this kind of stuff. And uh-huh. so uh, that's what confused me is what message does he have going on here? Yeah. And all and it, it gets so confusing throughout the film because you again you've got you know as I mentioned before you've got Tilda Swinton she's playing two. Essentially, two characters. Yeah. she's amazing, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, play, she's always good she in everything, and 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 I liked her in this, but the the the, the character gets confusing, which all the characters get confusing. Which uh-huh. I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Other than the little girl and the super pig, o- yeah, Okja and Mija. Wonderful Okja. Uh, the two of them are very clear cut. Their relationship is very clear cut, and that's the only yeah. well defined, lucid sort of thing in the film. But although I, I was interested about Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Who, who, I mean, I, and I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's very funny in the movie. I, yeah. Um, but, uh, so he, Jake Gyllenhaal plays a very goofy, that is what feels very Miyazakian. His, his, the look of his character. Yeah. You know, just yeah. kind, of, kind of goofy, adventurer kind of Weird. guy. Yeah. Um, and he, but he plays this, a, a celebrity, I guess you call it a celebrity TV star who's like an animal lover, you know, mm-hmm. almost like, I guess, like a crocodile hunter type person yes. but and, but this guy is like a t- complete douche um <laughs> kind of you know um and it, so you see both sides to that um and uh but it, you know, I, I thought it was very interesting how one one party can connect to another in terms of corporations the media mm-hmm. jake gyllenhaal's connection to tilda swinton um i think and yeah tilda swinton i love the design of her character mm-hmm. she has like the braces and these weird kind of very poofy dresses yeah a very kiddish feel to her yeah which feels a lot like bong chun ho's other movies and if you haven't seen snowpiercer he did snowpiercer a few yeah. years ago definitely give that a look it's fantastic um and then he also did the host um which is maybe 10 years ago which is another kind of goofy monster i mean this isn't a monster movie but it's an interesting monster movie but um, I think his satire is always interesting. Yeah. He always needs, feels the need to put that in uh, about different things. And, and like, I think, like you said, maybe sometimes it gets a little muddled. You know, I, yeah. I definitely don't think he pulls it off amazingly, but. Well, I, I guess, I guess the whole theme to the film would be misrepresentation. Yeah. Uh, because it feels as though so many things in the film, I, I guess that's kind of the theme that ties everything together. Mm-hmm is the, the, the intent of this project, but then the misrepresentation of the final treatment of the animals. They're not killed in a humane way. It's yeah. sort of a... a, a, a Spoiler. A, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of an assembly line killing factory floor mm-hmm. abattoir kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's misrepresentation because the project is mis- is, is in some way misrepresent, misrepresented. You know, these... These things are supposed to be eco-friendly, non-GMO, and so forth. When in fact they were created out of some genetic splicing experiment in a laboratory somewhere. So again, you know, the sinister underside of the corporate, you know, 
uh, this corporate, this Mirando corporate entity. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um, you've got the Paul Dano character, who yeah. I quite liked him, and I like him in everything. See, but then he was my least favorite. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I, I liked him better than. I, maybe it's just the writing, like the his his character is like this very proper, right? Strict, always leader. in the suit, and yeah, he's he's got a very strong code of ethics. Yeah. And what what gets me is again, he always seems he always seems very gentle and yeah. and almost avuncular or fatherly with 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 the young the young girl uh, with Mija, mm-hmm. and which I liked, and um, he's wonderful to everybody. And then one of his his little animal liberation front cohorts crosses him. And he explodes That's into the guy from violence. Dead. Yeah, Stephen Yun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he just explodes into violence. Mm-hmm. And he bashes the guy's head into the table, throws him on the floor, <laughs> kicks him a few times, Great hits guy. him a few times. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like so he puts animals above humans. Is that is that um, an ethical yeah. thing to do? That's, that's interesting. I, I don't. I you know. know yeah. So again, it's it's misrepresentation. He seems all sweetness and, and light mm-hmm. with with animals and with people who, you know, but then somebody, another human crosses him, uh, and he just, kaboom, violence, mm-hmm. right? And part of the code of ethics for this whole ALF, Animal Liberation Front, I thought, was nonviolence. And so rather than just yeah, well, then the least excommunicate this guy from the group, you know, you're gone, don't come back. Well, he excommunicates him, but only after beating the absolute shit out of this guy. <laughs> Yeah. So, what message is, is there? And then the Tilda Swinton character. Who's well, I think that's the commentary. Is like, what if you you uh, you know a nonprofit group or you know a nonviolent group, but then there's probably going to be violence one way or the other, anyways. Even if you're yeah. promoting it, one you know behind the scenes, you don't know. And that's another thing is like, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes with that this corporation, you know, with Apple, with McDonald's. I don't know, you know, whoever. Yeah. whoever um, and so it could be like yeah the same thing with like those Apple uh, those uh, like the factories you know right. there's documentaries about that a while back right. all these people were being like they they put the suicide nets out mm-hmm. you know for the iPhone factories where there were so people were so many people were jumping they had to put these out and so then oh but Apple's this great company I love them I love all their products you yeah. know and it's and so I think it's kind of like that oh but but one thing about Paul Dano. Um, it's just like some of the writing of his character, like I was bringing up, like, mm. you are forever banished from the AF. Yeah. And just it's, stuff like that is just a little, maybe a little too goofy. Well, I mean, me. you know, okay, but the counterpoint here, Jake Gyllenhaal, his entire character is goofy. But that, because it, it feels completely over the top. Like, there's a yeah. scene. Okay, I get what you're saying, yeah. whereas the Paul Dano character is supposed to be more sort of reserved. It's and, like, can't decide. Yeah. Um, but no, but one thing I will say about Baby Driver, or not Baby Driver, Oakja. Um, Oakja. <laughs> Uh, there's a scene, this parade scene, where they like bring out Oakja and Tilda Swinton's there, and Jake Gyllenhaal's there, and Jake Gyllenhaal's like there, you know, exciting the crowd, and because everybody loves him, and he's just ridiculous. But there's a scene where Tilda Swinton is talking, and you see Jake Gyllenhaal about maybe ten or twenty feet behind her, and he's on this rising pedestal. Did you mm-hmm. notice this? Yeah. Okay, and he's like on his knees. And his arms are out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's out of focus, but you can still see it, and it's kind of slowly spinning. Spinning around, <laughs> It's right. amazing. Yeah. And then there's a scene where he's, like, on he's on the same pedestal, and he's, like, kind of almost doing, like, a model pose. And right. it is it is amazing. It didn't need to be, you didn't need to put that in there, but it's so good. 
Um, but yeah, I, and oh, the, the one line I'm, then you can say um, is when he's in the cell with Okja, he's like, these animal tasters are a bunch of half wet degenerate fucktards. Yeah. <laughs> and just stuff like that is awesome. I loved. I mean, I know, I think the character's kind of divisive. Yeah. In terms of people liking him, but I, I, I guess since I'm such a Jake, big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. I love him. I like Jake Gyllenhaal a lot, too. I think, yeah. he's, I think he's great. I really loved him in Nightcrawler. Oh, spectacular. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. This character, I guess I guess you're right in the fact that he is sort of a, a, a caricature. He is supposed to be this, this totally over-the-top, and he really plays it to the hill. Definitely. So he does a good job with the character. It's just that the character is so strange. And again, this is, you know, I guess misrepresentation. The character is supposed to be... He built his entire career about his, around his love for animals, and his show, his entire show, is about showing how wonderful all these animals are, and then at the end of the film, he's abusing Okja... Yeah, uh, and he's throwing bottles at her and taking out. He's doing. I guess he's off camera. Like, the tissue flesh sampling with this rather yeah. medieval torture device looking prod thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's really it's really horrible. You yeah, know? and he's drunk, mm-hmm. and he's throwing things and he's cursing and he's just. I mean it just it's just. It's gross. It's pretty. It's pretty awful. Yeah, I mean he's a pretty abhorrent character. Yeah, and. Um, so again, a, you know, I guess misrepresentation there, and I don't. You, but there's so many different things going on in this. You've got the animal lover who beats the shit out of out of one of his 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 colleagues. You've got the animal lover who abuses animals. You've got the the, the eco friendly green company save the world food for everyone who did all of this on on less than ethical grounds, you know, mm. gene splicing and then their treatment of the animals and all this kind of thing. So, I don't know. I didn't, you know, ultimately, it's not going to turn me into a vegetarian. Mm. I am fully aware. I've seen documentaries. I know what goes on. Yeah. But the point is, concerns about that are, are I think, luxuries that only people in developed countries can have. And as, as much as... I wish perhaps I were more ethical along those lines or something like that. You know, I was, oh, the animals. The point is I'm a human being. I still need to live, and I I frankly think human beings, we need to sort our shit out before yeah, fuck moving it, on to know. other issues. Yeah. So. Um, and, yeah, and, like, I, I'm the same way. I've seen all these, you know, kind of slaughterhouse. Oh, actually, before I say that, so apparently Bong Joon-ho um, did, before he made the movie, had or I guess he thought of the idea for the movie. Did visit a slaughterhouse mm-hmm. and in- instantly became vegetarian. So clearly, I'm, I'm sure you know he's. Which ob- I mean, I guess I'm sure most people would if you went there. Yeah. Um. But I, I just I, I don't, I'm sure that was his inspiration for the movie. I'm, yeah. I'm getting he's drawing from real things. Um, well, that's that's something that I've always. Uh, and this is not to be macabre or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I've always kind of wanted to work in a slaughterhouse for a while. Just. <laughs> No, it, it's not. It's not. It's not to be macabre. It's not to be disgusting. But to to fully confront uh, where this food comes from, because you, right. everybody needs to be cognizant of where their food comes from. You can't mm-hmm. simply just, you know. There's a there's a book I read, Heat by Bill Buford, which I think is spectacular. And he talks about how most people they don't see where a hamburger comes from. They just see it as uh, I think he talks about it as an elementary uh, elementary kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, so it's you see hamburger, but you don't see the whole process by which the hamburger arrived at your table. Yeah. And so it's, again, it's not a macabre thing. I would want to work 
as a butcher in a slaughterhouse to, to so that I can fully confront where the where that food comes from. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't know that that would dissuade me from eating meat again. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's simply confronting and being fully aware of what all is entailed in the process of making a steak, of making a chicken cutlet, of whatever. But... And the thing is, I understand that there is mortality involved in the whole process and that it, it, it's, it's, it's not as, you know, pleasant or clean as we'd like to think it is. But the point is, we still need to, we still need to eat, we still need to live, mm-hmm. and it's, I agree. it's uh, I like living. On, a, on a more simple level, I enjoy meat. Yeah, and I so. do too, um, but... And like yeah, but was I was just saying. So I mean, I've you know I've seen plenty of these slaughterhouse documentaries and all this, and so it's not like I'm like was completely unaware of going into this movie of what. Yeah, I've oh, watched oh, a lot what? of Anthony Bourdain. So. Yeah, of course. Like, uh, you know, oh, animals are being mistreated. What? I don't, I didn't know that. But like, it just it's it's just like, hey, why why not? This movie made me do it for some reason. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? I mean, I'm only a weekend here, so it's not like it's changed my life completely yeah. um I, tr- I tried the vegetarian thing actually when i was younger oh yeah I did it yeah i i i think i was full i was never vegan i still ate cheese oh, and stuff yeah, like that but but um i was still uh, i was vegetarian uh for a while when i was living in new york and uh after moving back to chapel hill but um after a while i gave it up I just, you know, I wanted the meat again. I liked the animal protein. It tasted, it tasted good. Yeah. And um, again, it's, it's. I think, you know, try vegetarianism if it's for you. Fine. Live however you want. Don't try to proselytize me. Don't get my <laughs> yeah. face. Don't get my, uh, you know, if if somebody's a vegetarian, don't don't get my face and try to guilt me about it. Yeah, exactly. You live how you want to live. I will live how I want to live. Yeah, you know. I know. I hate when. Yeah, I, I hate that too. Yeah. If I can do my like. I can do my thing, you do your thing. Yeah. You know? But, um... There's merit to both. Yeah. But bringing, bringing this back to Oktra, I, I think that the, the, the issue is that there are some more important issues, particularly the, sort of the, this deeper issue of misrepresentation, mm-hmm. sort of this Janus two-faced thing that uh, so many of the characters uh, and instant entities, again, the Miranda Corporation being one, and then also uh, Tilda Swinton character, Tilda Swinton's character, which is a very conspicuous, you've got the good twin, the bad twin. Mm-hmm. Now, Lucy, the good twin, versus Nancy, the bad twin. Um, and then you've got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who's, you know, two-faced. You've mm-hmm. got... And so there are these bigger, more interesting, complex themes, but all of that sort of gets lost in the... And lost in translation. Well, yeah, I mean, it sort of gets lost under this whole... Oh, vegetarianism and animals being slaughtered. And I mean, I mean, that's not, I don't know that that's the bigger issue. I think the bigger issue is misrepresentation and, and mm-hmm. talking about accountability for, 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 for actions and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, um, I think there were a lot of issues that he touched on. And unfortunately there's so many issues. A lot of the stuff sort of gets lost in the mix. Mm-hmm. So it's, it turns into a stew and, and it, it, turns out being a film with so many constituent parts that are so blended together you don't know what each constituent part is trying to do right if that makes sense yeah so um i don't know anyhow it's it's 
a lot of the, I, I think it's, it's a charming film. It was fun to watch, but I think some of the heavy-handed issues, there's so many of them, and a lot of them sort of get lost in the mix, and it's, mm. it's a little difficult picking apart what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know, but just a few things I liked. I really liked the, like the first 30 minutes mm-hmm. where she's just hanging out with Okja, really, yeah. in the forest. Yeah. And I really like that scene where she, uh, Okja sacrifices herself or seemingly sacrifices yeah. herself, you know, in, in terms of even just the choreography. Right. Visually, that was very interesting. Right. You know, and um, and it's also just like the first few minutes are very touching. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's where it feels Spielbergian, yeah. like E.T. Like. It was beautiful. And the shot that you're talking about on the cliffside, uh, as I was watching it, I mean, it was very viscerally, sort of emotionally gripping scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a beautiful scene. And also, technically, I couldn't help but wonder, how did, how did they do that? That's kind of cool. I don't cool. know. But like, and also, I don't know what the budget was, but she looked, Oakja looked fantastic. Yeah, the special effects for Oakja were fantastic. Like, but she's walking through the forest, and there are these, like, glimmers of light, and the yeah. shadows, and the water, when right. she's in the water. And the poop scene, the shitting scene, was amazing. Yeah, I mean... It's like, you're just like, because that could be done so badly. That's like, a, like if Michael Bay, if, if Michael Bay did this, yeah. it would be horrible. Yeah. But Bong Joon-ho, it's like... Take why why did Spielberg. they need to put a poop scene in there anyway? You gotta love I mean, Oakja, you know. You know? And then, but, but then uh, there's another one later on in the movie that's used. Yeah. Which I, you know, there's kind of the payoff for that, which I liked as, you know, just yeah. kind of goofy. Um, I thought the uh, the chase scene. Yeah. In underground, the underground shopping complex in Seoul. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I mean, I, I that actually had me laughing, particularly towards the end when it busts out with the John Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but yeah, and yeah, there's the foot chase, I guess, within that, where it's in a mall, and mm-hmm. Ocha's, like, scrambling around, and you, you, since they are nonviolent, there are a few kind of good jokes where they're like, we don't, don't, don't mean to hurt you, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, st- like, stay away, uh, if that did hurt you, I'm sorry. Yeah, he, <laughs> um, he, like, pulls a guy off of Ocha and says, I'm sorry, we're nonviolent, we don't mean to hurt you, I'm sorry, yeah. are you okay? And he's, it's, like, patting him, making sure he's okay. Yeah, and so but, I, uh, I like that a lot. It was, uh, I, th- I thought it was really clever because the guys, you know, it's not, you know, here we are with guns and we're going to shoot you. And, you know, they come in and they've got tranquilizer guns, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're shooting little darts. And so what do the, the animal liberation people do? They pull out umbrellas and open it. I mean, oh, that was, I, I had forgotten. I love that. Yeah, it was so fun. It's it was clever. Clever, and it, really it, clever. I mean, it, this great action sequence. And again, a th- uh, sort of a throwback to a lot of Mi- Miyazaki, uh, Hayao Miyazaki stuff mm-hmm. and, and just... Because he's got action sequences, but they're they're not gory, violent, you know, swords yeah. and guns and stabbing for, and shooting uh, and Princess Princess Mononoke, Mononoke yeah, Mononoke, yeah, which was actually a spectacular film. Yeah, but yeah, you're right, that, that was a, was a bit more. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like my, my neighbor Totoro, that's that's which I brought up a while back. Yeah, in Spirited Away. Yeah, right. Definitely. No, no, no violence. There's tension, but he builds up, you know, tension through other means. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bong Joon-ho does a really spectacular job. I mean, that was honestly one of the more fun uh, action, sequences. action sequences I've seen in a while. Because, yeah. you know, you've got the guys who are trying to hunt down Okja, and they're shooting pew-pew-pew tranquilizer darts. Yeah. And then you've got... Uh, and uh, slow motion. Yeah, the slow motion. They open up their umbrellas, and then the John yeah. Denver comes in. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I forget what that song is, but it just, it was so, it was so, it was so... Goofy, cute. That Childlike. was just, yeah, yeah. It was just, it was, it was, it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And so there are some really spectacular things. I mean, technically, and, and some really, really spectacular things in terms of uh, the direction and so forth. Um, 
It's just the 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 message. Mm. What's the message? What yeah. is what is he trying to say? And that gets mm. a little confusing. Um, and one thing with the the nonviolent ALF group is it's almost like a satire in, in some ways because there's like that general consensus that vegetarians are like these wimpy, you know, won't fight, just you know, yeah. no muscle mass, yeah. you know, just stuff like that. And so it's kind of playing into that. Oh yeah, we aren't mm. going to hurt you, you know. Yeah. But we'll find some other way to take you down yeah. and there, there is one interesting character in that within that group that's the refuses to eat anything mm-hmm. and it's just like oh yeah because he like in he one wants way to leave other. his little uh footprint ego yeah. footprint or whatever they call it as possible yeah know? and that's like the extreme version which i'm sure there are some people like that out there one in one way or the other mm-hmm. you know um uh but yeah it's and let's try to th- i'm trying to think of what else um but yeah, and although I, I know it's maybe not the most inventive thing in the world, I really do like, and it's this like this in Snowpiercer, um, Wong Jun Ho's depiction of corporations, because mm-hmm. it's it's well, I mean, it's like usually very gray and drab. It's still for some reason it's very interesting because since a lot of his satire and commentary is already over the top and a little goofy, mm-hmm. it makes sense, it fits. Whereas other most other movies do that and it just feels kind of tired and yeah. uninspired. But I liked. For, you know, in the parts that it was there, I, I liked that part. Well, that was that was a weird thing. Is is again, you had it was very confusing because you had Tilda Swinton who was trying to do this noble thing, which is provide food for for the better part of the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody needs food. Yeah. So that's that's a noble thing, but then anytime you you deal with the corporation, a lot of these people were terrible. Like her weird squeaky voice, little aide, who I don't know who oh, that woman is, but that, I've seen that's, her before. Uh, that's Moaning Myrtle. Moaning Myrtle, like, yes. yes. Okay, that's who yeah, that was. Yeah, I was wise. like, she can't get... Every time I see that actress, I can't... It's, yeah, she it's, sounds like Moaning Myrtle. It's, she, yeah. She, and so... But, yeah, she's fine, yeah. Um, but so many of these people, you know, all these people affiliated with the corporation, they, they present this sort of sweetness and love facade, and then any time they're pressed, they turn into these just these horrible, wretched hags, and they're just, mm-hmm. I'm so angry, and... and um, and then, of course, there's the one fellow, Frank, who is sort of a double agent, right? Yeah. The one fellow who continues on the Miranda board, but it turns out he's been... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I ...playing know. the game this whole time to get, you know, the evil twin sister Nancy back in power and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so, you know, everybody at the corporation is sort of two-faced. What really got me, what I thought was sort of clever was... Uh, it reminded me a lot of Brazil, actually. Oh, yeah. The film Brazil, you know, Terry Gilliam's film was the scene where uh, Mija goes to Seoul and tries to get into the Mirando headquarters in Seoul. Yeah. And it's just, there's there's one secretary sitting in this all this glass and neon office, and the door is locked, and Mija can't get in, and the secretary says, you got to use the phone to, if you want to talk to me, and she picks up the phone, and it's automated thing, mm-hmm. and she can't, she can't get anybody on the phone, so eventually she decides she's just going to, smash through the win- the glass windows. Yeah. Which she does. But um you know again all these 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 depictions of the this corporation as sort of this this horrible entity and all this kind of thing which mm. okay fine you know we all love to bash corporations oh they're so evil but yeah. um but I don't know. I mean again it's confusing because again uh Lucy Miranda wants the corporation to head no more accountable direction mm-hmm. and is that necessarily a bad thing shouldn't shouldn't we hold judgment until you know i just keep thinking of uh, starbucks 
actually owning up and saying, okay, we're going to pay a lot of back. We, we owe a lot more taxes than we should, so oh, we're going right. to pay that, right? Big cool. kudos to them, yeah, cool. right? And so, you know, I, I think corporations can uh, move in a, in a more ethical direction. I think, think they should be given the, the opportunity to, and, and I don't know. I, Bong Joon-ho, this depiction of them, whether that's simply playing up corporation because it's, it's an easy villain uh, is you know is it a good thing because it eggs them on to do that or is it a bad thing because it, it just solidifies this mindset that big business is bad? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyhow, yeah. food for thought again. The message gets lost. Pun intended. Put on phone. I didn't even realize that. But uh, it's um, he he. I I guess what I'm trying to say is he he tries to tackle a lot of very weighty issues. But there's so many of them, and there so many of them are cross purposes. It becomes, it, it gets, it gets. It's, it's a lot because there, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of different tones, a lot of different genres, right? That he and it's it's kind of like this throughout his movies. So Snowpiercer's action, but it's also a very over the top satire. Yeah. The the host is um, commentary on corporations and almost like a Godzilla esque type thing, and mm-hmm. then but it's also an action movie. It's right. com, you know comedy and. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of stuff in there, and um, I guess just for the most part, it didn't really affect me that much in terms of my dislike for it. Um, and I mean, I mean, it's, um, well, it's, there are a couple points where it uh, got um, maybe dragged a little bit for me, but usually there was still something there to keep me going with it. Um, and oh, uh, one thing I did want to bring up—I was talking about this with a fellow barista the other day. Um, uh, do you, what do you think about the Netflix distribu- distribution of this? Do you think that's like a wise thing, or do you think that's because yeah. there's there's the huge controversy at Cannes when this premiered, mm-hmm. with like Tilda Swinton and Bong Joon Ho were like both were they were being like accused of all these different things, and there was a very heated discussion apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I, I don't mind it being on released on Netflix. I think it's, it's small, small enough movie where that works, Yeah. but there's the whole thing about being up for Oscars, right? which is the issue. Cause beasts of no nation had that same issue that you just didn't, didn't, uh, the square also the documentary about Tahrir square mm. in Egypt wasn't that, that also nominated for best documentary a year or two ago. That may have been. Yeah. And um, I think it won. Yeah. Um, but I, so I don't know if this one is up for Oscars because it does have a very limited theatrical release, but I yeah. think sometimes that may not even do it. Um, I, I think it's definitely deserving of things, mm-hmm. and or at least I hope it's up for contention. Right. Um, but because then there's like, um, the do you know about Martin Scorsese's next movie? No. That's going to be on Netflix. Is it? Yeah. And so. The, oh yeah, the I Irish, did see something about that. It's, yeah. It's called The Irishman. Yeah. And the, apparently the budget is 130 million dollars. Oh, yeah. And Netflix bought it for like ninety nine or a hundred million, mm-hmm. and it's like that's going to be on Netflix. Yeah, you know, and so instead of seeing like the Wolf of Wall Street in a theater, or I guess Silence last year, or You'd stream it over, or Goodfellas, yeah. you're going to be seeing that on your TV more than likely. And yeah. so that that that's going to be strange. That one in particular, this one, I think it works. Well, but as I, as long as they're all up for Oscars or awards of some kind, I hope that's. I mean, being working in a theater, and you know, my father having run a theater for so long, I think it's I think it's awful. 
because mm. it's gutting the theater industry. Oh, yeah. Uh, cinema is no longer just cinema now. Now everybody stays home. They get the huge plasma TV. They've got the, the surround sound at home. They would just watch watch stuff at home. So, so uh, the beauty, the charm, the elegance of actually going to a theater mm-hmm. is somewhat getting lost. Yeah, and that, that's, uh, that's one thing I don't think people are really talking about with it. They're yeah. talking about Okja should be up for Oscars, not why aren't people showing this in a theater so yeah. theaters can do well and people should go see it in a theater, which yeah. I'm sure it would be good in a theater. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I would agree, though. Yeah, it's kind of... It is hurting them yeah. one, one way or the other. I mean, uh, the problem is there's a lot of convenience to films on Netflix. You know, you can yeah. watch it anytime you want. Mm-hmm. You can pause it, get up, go to the bathroom. You don't have, really have fucking to people... Any. Talking. Yeah, you don't have people talking on their <laughs> cell phones. Don't even get me started on that. I think that's a lot why a lot of a lot of why people are are sort of eschewing movie theaters now and, and staying at home to watch stuff on their Netflix is because everybody's talking. Everybody, you know, their phones. Get off your damn phone. Yeah. Turn it off. Yeah, it's not that. It's two hours. Get if, it off. If you're a doctor, <laughs> fine. Yeah. Otherwise. The world's not going to end if you don't answer your phone. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the attention span. They can't help but look. It's not right. that they're just getting a message. It's like, nope, gotta check Facebook. Gotta just, check Facebook. Like a, which I mean, sometimes I'm, I'll even not in a theater, but I'm, I even like that at times. I'm so like, oh yeah, gotta check my phone. And so I'm not like I'm. We're at, not at fault here, but like in a theater, people turn off your fucking phone. Yeah. And just. Shut up. <laughs> Turn off shut your up, phone. Shut up. Shut I up. I understand you're going to make a little noise, opening the raisinets, mm-hmm. eating the popcorn, oh. but try to try to try to minimize okay, it. Okay, so I was here the other day, seeing something. Mm-hmm. I guess talking about next week maybe. Um, there was a woman, kind of diagonally behind me, who I don't know what she was eating. Y'all have got to stop selling. Like, it's, do you have Twizzlers here? Yeah. Okay, maybe it was that because every time she would eat one, it would. <laughs> Really? And it would it was she she did it for about the first half of the movie and it was horrible. The cellophane or it, something. And there was right? it's a very, yeah, it's a very quiet movie. Um and it was awful. It, but just it's stuff like that I cannot stand. Yeah. And well, I mean a certain amount of it you've gotta I mean, there's nothing really you can do about the cellophane. I try to anytime I go to a movie I tend to get the Reese's pieces. I love my Reese's uh, pieces. I do too. But the the friggin' rappers. I guess the big thing to do about that would be, you know, candy companies stop using the plastic fucking wrappers <laughs> that's that's all Be there is to it you know yeah i don't guys. know something find something else that's not going to make all that noise yeah. or guys bring a cup and just pour it all in there. that's a good idea <laughs> no, i mean here we're bitching about it's seemingly dumb shit but honestly you know i mean part of old men here but it's it's so true part of the movie experience is being engrossed in it that's that's why i like going to movies that's why you know i'll watch something you know netflix does some really good stuff i've been watching glow which i think is a spectacular series Mm -hmm. but they've netflix has done some very good stuff but the reason to go to a movie theater is the larger than life experience. Yeah. It's it's there on the big screen. It's dark. It's immersive, right? And so that's the whole point to that is the immersion the immersive quality to it. And uh, unfortunately everybody checking their phone, talking to their friends, mm-hmm. all the excess noise, that pulls you out of that immersive quality to it. Yeah. And I think that's that's something you're not gonna get at home is that that immersion. That's why theaters I think are still wonderful things and why people should still Go to movie theaters. Yeah, we we talked about that last week, but and so we'll 
probably try and make a point of it on every show. <laughs> go, go, go see these things in theaters. Don't wait yeah. for the the, DV, the Blu-ray, the 4K. Um, oh, the 4K is great. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. And I again with the awards issue shit. Um, I mean, I do hope it's in contention and it's not just oh, it's on Netflix. It's not. I don't. That's stupid. Yeah, I don't think they should be disqualified from awards because of the the distribution. I think there is a possibility for theaters to coexist with Netflix, but, um, I mean, it, it, it's undeniable that Netflix has had a tremendous impact on the on the theater industry, not not necessarily the film industry, although I'm sure they're probably, you know, I haven't had first-hand experience with that, mm-hmm. but definitely on the theater industry. Everybody just waits for things to come out on Netflix now. Yeah. Which is, again, it's more convenient to watch it on Netflix, yes, Um the reason I keep Netflix is not necessarily to watch the films, but for the original programming that it puts out. Yeah. Um, but if there's a film and it's in the theater, watch it in the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's just you have to be a little, maybe wait a, a couple weeks until the crowds have died down a bit. Maybe try to see it in a matinee where it's going to be fewer people. So you have to be a little selective about the time you go. Don't go that opening night mm-hmm. when the movie is it's just jam-packed with people. Yeah. But... Um, Theaters offer an immersion that you don't get at home. Yeah. But as to awards, I don't know that the, 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 the outlet of the distribution outlet should necessarily have any impact on it on consideration of a, of a film for awards. Yeah. So if a film is good, it's good regardless of whether it's on Netflix exactly. or in the theaters. Yeah. I mean, because there are those movies like Manchester by the Sea that was produced by Amazon, yeah. but um, but then it got to have a wide theatrical release, and so it got up for Oscars, and it right. obviously won a ton. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping Okja's up there, um, even though, even if you didn't love it, I, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird thing, and I don't get... But yeah, do you think we're ever going to be seeing, like, Marvel movies on Netflix? Like, do, like, like... I don't like, think like, so. Or a Star Wars movie? There's going to be, like, what, would, would you be okay with Episode twelve no, of Star Wars. Absolutely not. On Netflix. <laughs> Certain things you have to see in the theater. Yeah. Like the Dark Tower. Dark. Oh yeah. If it was on Netflix, I would have a. I would have an absolute shit fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, any Star Wars movie, the new Blade Runner film coming out, Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, that's gonna right? be great. They need to be on the big screen. Mm-hmm. They need. Those absolutely must be on the big screen. Yeah. Again, because of the immersive quality, because it pulls you more into that story, uh, and, and it makes it makes these stories these stories which are meant to be larger in life. It makes them larger in life because they are literally larger in life. You know, mm-hmm. You've got like a twelve foot tall Woody Harrelson coming at you, right? Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, certain things must be seen. I wouldn't have watched any of Lord of the Rings. T- trilogy on on netflix screw Mm. that yeah fuck that you know i'll watch it on there now but only after i've seen it in the theater Mm -hmm. um so once once you have that experience in the theater do whatever you want you know you can dvd blu-rays stream whatever but go watch it in the theater because nothing beats watching watching those really big you know larger life mythologies legends in the theater mm-hmm. yeah i agree but like yeah like with mad max fury road yeah i, I could have watched that at home and i do all, all the time <laughs> yeah. but 
and I, I would have loved it still, but, like, seeing something like that in a theater, you can't mm-hmm. get that unless you have the home theater, obviously, but something like that, you just can't get a, a, the same experience if you don't see it in a theater, usually. Right. You know? Um, and a lot of the Marvel movies are... Um, I'm sh- uh, Dunkirk, which we'll be talking about in a little bit um, about something. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so I... Go, go see movies in theaters, people. Don't, yeah. I, I, and I'm not made of money either. I, I'm, I'm, no. I'm a barista. I'm not rich here. I'm, I can still, you know, go see a, a movie every once in a while. So go do that, um, please. Um, but, yeah, so any other thoughts about uh, Okja, Braden? No, I mean, it was very much like a Miyazaki film, which I love the Miyazaki films. But the Same. thing is, the Miyazaki films, in, ter- in, in, in terms of their message when they, he when he has a message a lot of times it's just a, a beautiful flight of fancy kind of thing mm-hmm. like i'm thinking spirited away which was just sort of old um legends and mythology from japan um uh porco rosso i haven't seen that right? one. that's one i haven't seen yet uh what is it cagliostro the flying castle that, i haven't seen that one either um those are all they're just they're just beautiful children's fantasies yeah and the few films that he does have with messages, um, I didn't. I haven't seen um, the wind also rises. I oh, really need to send that. The wind rises. Yeah. The wind rises. Yeah, I, yeah. I loved it. It's all. Yeah. It's I, supposed I really to be spectacular. Because he loves planes. Yeah. Or just or aviation, not just planes. Aviation in general. And so yeah. there's usually aviation in his, all of his movies. But uh, the wind rises and um, Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Those have messages, but his messages are very clear mm-hmm. and um bong joon ho trying to capture some of the essence of uh the miyazaki films he does that in terms of the storytelling but in terms of the message it gets a little too convoluted mm-hmm. so i think ultimately that's 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 sort of the the issue yeah all right um yeah i'm about out of stuff what are you gonna give it out of four out of four that's a tough call. In some ways, I found it remarkable. In other ways, not so much. Mm-hmm. I'd give it two and a half out of Oof. four, maybe. Two and a half. All two right. and a half, maybe I'll, three. I'll, I'll go four. I'll go big go fat four. Really? Yeah. Okay. Not perfect. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of other movies that will beat it out this year, but... Four out of four? Four, four out of fucking four. Really? Yeah. That's, that's, that's a ballsy move. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel alive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel... Uh, yeah, so anyways, hope you enjoyed that. Um, so now uh, we can do a f- got a few discussion topics. Uh, I guess we can call it a roundtable discussion, even though the table we're at it's is square. square. Well, it's a folding <laughs> square, card table. Square table uh, discussion. Um, so uh, there's uh, actually, it's actually just what we were just, or actually, no, we'll, we'll leave that for later. Um, so there's a bunch of new trailers this week, Brayna. You mm-hmm. haven't seen many of them, but I can, I'll just kind of go through them so there was the jumanji remake with the rock with the rock and kevin hart yeah um and jack black and jack black yeah i just saw that too. uh and so i they released the trailer it's coming out in december which god why you of all movies you pick that for december like ugh. and but so the movie did look pretty bad so i guess it's called jumanji welcome to the jungle um and it's like these four kids who find the jumanji game and then they all of a sudden transported into the world and take on, play avatars, which are played by the main actors, which we just listed, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not find the trailer very funny, but Jack Black was actually pretty good. Oh, uh, he just he's good I, in everything. I'll see he's the movie for fine. Jack Black, but otherwise it looks pretty bad. Yeah. Um, directed by the guy who did uh, shit. There's some shitty fucking comedy. Um, maybe sex tape. Or no, oh. it was ah. Uh, what's the bad? Is it bad teacher with Cameron Diaz? Oh, with Cameron Diaz. Yeah, uh, it's that guy. Yeah, so, the other one with Cameron Diaz and Jason Segel. Another bad yeah, one. Another bad one. Um, so brilliant films. <laughs> guy's got a great film. He's got yeah. He's got quite <laughs> Just the pedigree. Killing it, killing it again um, with this one. Doesn't look very good. I mean, I'll I'll see it probably. It, especially if we're I'm doing this podcast. Um, but yeah, n- n- I mean, maybe give it a look. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't jump I mean, out of your seat though. Stay for Jack. Go, yeah. Go for uh, uh, The Rock. All the people who love The Rock, stay for Jack Black. Yeah. I mean, I gotta, I gotta say, I do, I do like The Rock. I think he I'm does. Right he's, 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 he's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see that photo, the little video of that guy who stopped at a stoplight to take a selfie with him? No. Yeah, so there's this guy who, The Rock was at a stoplight in his car, mm-hmm. and the, I guess this trucker saw him. This young guy, he's not like an older guy. And he like runs over at a stoplight and takes a selfie with him at, at the side of his car as all these cars are coming. Uh-huh. And so he's like, Oh, you, you gotta take it, you gotta take it. And so, I mean, The Rock is a really nice guy. I'm yeah, not, he is. He's um, actually. But yeah. Everything um, that I've read, I mean, I haven't personally met the guy, but everything that I've read about him, he's actually very accommodating with fans and, you know, yeah. a great, a great, you know, great guy mm-hmm. to meet, very nice. Don't know so. if he deserves all that money, be the highest paid actor in the world, but who, who does? Who, who does? does? Who does? Maybe, uh, I don't know. I yeah. would have said Philip Seymour Hoffman a few years ago. Mm, that's true. Um, mm. Casey Affleck, maybe? Casey, well, what about that whole harassment, you know, oh, assault? Well, now you're in the hot water, you know. Braden. <laughs> you see that eye roll of Brie Larson at the Oscars? Yeah. That was, that was pretty funny. Yeah. I, I love Casey Affleck. I mean... I think he's a great all, actor, but, you know, okay... You're right. I mm-hmm. mean, there's some pretty despicable stuff. I Maybe mean, there not was, <laughs> Maybe give it you to know, him. Michael Fassbender, same issue, right? Ooh. Oh, yeah. I yeah. guess Michael Fassbender's had some stuff. Right. So what is, what is it with good actors being just absolute... I don't know. They have to bring pigs. the emotion. You know, yeah, they, they well... Bring it out I don't offset. Know. I don't know. Joaquin um, Phoenix? He hasn't gotten hmm? into trouble as far as I know. Well, he had that pretty weird period where he retired... Well, that's when he did He's Not Here. Yeah. Which, incidentally, was directed by Casey Affleck. But, <laughs> but um, I mean, that was all... I mean, they've come clean since and said that that, that period was all very much a stage. Yeah. It was intended true, true. to be sort of strange. and um, But uh, I guess it's sort of a performance art piece or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, it was all very strange, but, you know... I don't. I can't keep up with these guys. They're they're far too creative and artistic for me. Yeah. For my small mind. And, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know Jumanji. Why? I don't know. But apparently there are some homages to Robin Williams, which that's that's, that's always that's, nice. that feels. I mean, that feels like an obligation more than anything. But yeah. it's nice they're doing it. At I least. mean, the, the first film was fun. Uh, I don't know why they. Kid, I think. Really? Maybe. Just all the animals and the big weird. scary guy with, like the, with the big sniper rifle running around. And, yeah, yeah. I can, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Blade Runner, honestly, it's it's kind of funny. Blade Runner <clears throat> scared me shitless. As a oh kid. really? Yeah. I never saw it until a couple years ago. Well, the scene at the end with uh, Daryl Hannah oh, as yeah. Chris. Mm. 
creepy. Oh, yeah. It cre- creeped me out immensely as a kid, but then I, I revisited the film as a teenager, watched it, and fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Conquering Your Fears. Huzzah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I don't even... It's, it's, again, one of those situations where why do you need to make a second one? And I guess it's just because it's a property that did fairly well the first time around, and so you're just going to try to, you know, bank on it again. It's like Baywatch. Why? Yeah, Why? I mean, that, and it, it, did, it did. That well. flopped. Oh, yeah. And that critically and financially. Yeah. Yeah. So that's clearly huge a, flop. Like the, the summer, I'm hoping Hollywood is like getting this. Stop doing this. Yeah. I'll make, I don't care about reboots, remakes, sequels, spinoffs. Well, do something original, at least, which I guess is Baby Driver, but yeah. do something, more, do more original stuff if you can. Well, that's, that's the thing is, I mean, let's look at all these, let's look at some of these films. Uh, Robocop. They redid that. Did poorly. Right? And the mummy flopped. The it's, mummy it's flopped. It's gonna like lose a hundred. And that's million. supposed to be that's supposed to be sort of the the the, 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 the kickoff to their whole yeah. uh, universal monster revamp thing. And I, I don't know horrible if it, piece of dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if Alien Covenant did that well. I don't think. It did well critically mostly. It but. did well pretty pretty critically it was more or less pretty decent mm-hmm. but wonder in terms Woman's of doing money very well though yeah wonder woman's doing very well as it should it, mm-hmm. i mean it was it was actually a pretty good film and thank god sort of dc redeemed itself somewhat with that mm-hmm. um but uh you know uh, what else are we thinking baywatch which was horrible flopped right the ghostbusters mm-hmm. thing oh that did bad which yeah. was it's flopped yeah which isn't like there's that whole controversy around it. it's not like the worst well, film in the world but it's it flopped hard I so. mean it's, it's I don't even know that I, I don't know that we should even touch that because there's a lot of issues around yeah. the gender we'll go, go on to that thing of the film <laughs> which that was the gender thing is irrelevant so if you're judging the film it should be judged on its merit mm-hmm. if it's a remake of the Ghostbusters film with four women as the main I characters I love that who cares yeah and I like that I like that cast yeah. Kate McKinnon yeah Kristen Wiig <laughs> Uh, I mean, just just the whole the whole cast: Melissa McCarthy, Leslie, who is it? Leslie Jones. Yeah, Leslie Jones. They're great. Mm-hmm. All of them. And then just people, because all these Ghostbusters fans got butt hurt about this, and it's yeah. just so stupid. Oh, you can't redo. Uh, yeah. I mean, not a thing. great a movie, but blah, 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 blah. Not, not. It's. I'd say it's more Paul, the writing and Paul Feig. Yeah. Not, more than anything. Yeah. Um. So, and just an unnecessary movie. Yeah. In general. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, why why do you need to do it again regardless of who's in those title, those mm-hmm. main main character roles? Why why? You know, why redo RoboCop? Why why dredge up Baywa? Chips. Oh, that's another one. Did horrible uh, financially Chips. and and critically. What? And then yeah. Where who came up with the idea? Let's do <laughs> let's oh, do chips. I got a good idea. I saw this weird show the other day. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, what else was there? Starsky and Hutch. Oh, yeah. They but did not one but two films, didn't they? Starsky and Hutch? Ben I Stiller and Owen Wilson? I think only one, maybe. Did they do only the one? Maybe. Thank God for that. Yeah. But uh, taking these really just awful television properties and turning them into films, mm-hmm. and most of the time, nine times out of ten, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a horrible piece of shit yeah uh the only ones that i can think of that have actually done anything decently and have actually been watchable 21 jump street 
Oh yeah, those have done well. Yeah, those have done well, and they they were actually kind of kind of fun. Yeah, they are. They're I mean, the first fun. one in particular. But I think largely because they sort of moved away from. Well, did they? I mean, you know, a lot of these other films like Chips and all this kind of stuff moved away from the source material. Usually. Usually, but they're still just terrible. Awful. Yeah. And then so. I guess the Ghost in the Shell remake did terribly. Yeah. Fi- at least financially. I think critics, it was okay. Well, that and was... I enjoyed it, but financially it did bad. It was like... Yeah. Lost a ton of money, I think. Yeah. I, um, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see how War for the Planet of the Apes does. I think that's I mean, supposed the, to be doing decently well. The other the other films in the series... Uh, Rise and Dawn. Rise and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, right? They did well. They did, you know, financially pretty well. They did critically very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Spider-Man Homecoming will do really well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I just, you know, I just don't understand why they keep directing it. And why, why bring back Jumanji? And again, you know, that's my question. Blade Runner, why? Yeah. But, um... I don't know. Not not super excited about the Jumanji. <laughs> not not. I, I know I, many people are. I I didn't see the the original film in in the theater, but I have watched it on television, and it was fun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Is it worthy of a sequel? Absolutely With not. With the Rock. With the Rock. Absolutely and not. And Jack Black. And Kevin Hart. Yeah, oh, I hate Kevin. Really yeah, don't. I really. He's the most aggra- tiring, aggravating yeah. actor out there. He really is. Those, um, those like things. in small doses, like an early part of his career. I liked him, like in the forty-year-old virgin. Mm-hmm. There's that one scene with him, which is very funny. But then, after that, you don't want him there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just small bits. Yeah. But now he's in ten movies every year, and yeah, it's awful, awful. Um, Jack Black. You know, I wish he would be doing more these days, but yeah. Now, now, first thing he's done that I can think of that he's done in a while, that's not just Kung Fu Panda voiceover work, <laughs> is, uh, um. Jumanji 2, which why? I don't know. Mm. He has some new uh, Sundance movie coming out at oh, some point. He? I think it's I might be on Netflix, actually. That might huh. be. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's not very good. There was a new Lo- the Logan Lucky, mm-hmm. um, the new Steven Soderbergh right. movie. They With just released uh, a new trailer. Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Daniel and Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah. yeah, that one looks, and both trailers, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Steven Soderbergh, so uh, he directed... Oceans the, uh, Eleven, Ocean, Oceans Twelve, Oceans 13, Thirteen, The Informant, which is my favorite. Yeah, Contagion, Magic Mike, uh, Side, side effects. effects. He did uh, tra- Traffic. Traffic. Yeah. So, um, uh, brief backstory. He did um, Girlfriend Experience with Sasha Gray. I have not seen that yet. Oh yeah, I haven't I'm seen like, it either. I'm I, there's I'm, no Blu-ray for it, so I'm waiting for that. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, the the movie looks. It comes out in August. Looks very fun. It's like this kind of southern NASCAR, not like a t- yeah, Talladega Nights, but it's, it's kind of around this. Rednecks Rob Rob NASCAR yeah. is kind of the premise. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know what to, to make of it. Yeah. And Steve Soderbergh did say he was re- retiring, but now he's back. But now he's back. Like, and probably will stay, probably will stay around for a yeah, while. Yeah, you gotta make those movies, get yeah. that money. Can't help it. Um, get that and, paper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's one, there's one more, and then we'll go on s- some other stuff. So, this movie that showed at Sundance, which my sister, who I went with her with, saw, like, the first ten minutes of, but then she had to come out for, it's just a long story. Um, but it's this, In- Ingrid Goes West is this, have you heard about this? No, I haven't heard about so this So, it's this indie, the kind of dark comedy with Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah, she was in, uh, Legion. 
Yes. On FX, yeah. Yes, and Elizabeth Olsen, who's um, was in Godzilla, and she's Scarlet yeah. Witch in the Marvel films. Yeah. Who well, I, really, what, I, I really like. The one that I really want to see her in, which everybody tells me she's spectacular in, is Martha, Marsha, Marthy, Massey, Macy, May, Martha, something, something, something. I forget what it's called, but she's in a cult, and it's about her character sort of trying to get out of this cult and, and adjust to life outside the cult, but it's supposed to be a spectacular film, and she's, hmm. she's in it. She plays the, the title character. Hmm. Martha, Marsha, Marcy May, something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if a listener happens to know, obviously you can let us know. Uh, I can look it up on the IMDb, but I'm just too lazy to do so right now. But it, it, I, it's... Four women's names, all starting with M in a row. But she's Elizabeth Olsen's supposed to be quite good in that. So um, I want to catch that, but, you know, I, I have liked her. I didn't see Godzilla, but I have, you know, she's been good, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. And, um, uh, but it's this... Um, Aubrey Plaza's this kind of unstable social media kind of hound girl, and she is obsessed with this Elizabeth Olsen character who's a Instagram star... And she travels across, I guess, the country to California to try and be her best friend. Weird. And it's it, it looks so strange. And I think, but the two two of them together in the trailer mm-hmm. was very looked very good. Yeah. And the, they were really released a poster for it. And it was like Inherent Vice almost. Mm-hmm. The posters for Inherent Vice. Um, and I don't. Know, it looks like a really interesting. I think it comes out in August as well. So there's some cool movies coming out in August. Um, but yeah, if you haven't checked out that trailer. And you like you're wanting an interesting indie movie uh, coming up? Check that out. Ingrid yeah. goes west. Ingrid goes west. Um, and uh, <laughs> and there's there's plenty of other ones like the Death Note Netflix movie doesn't look very good. I don't know. It looks bad. And all um, these live action adaptations of anime series. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, one thing we'll note is pa- the passing of um, actor. Michael Nykvist, who uh, is the Swedish uh, character, main character in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy, mm-hmm. who, who, which movies I love. And he was also the villain in John Wick. Oh, okay. And he was also the villain in uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. But he just suddenly passed away from lung cancer. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah, he was, what was it, Cobalt or something yeah. in Ghost Protocol. And so... Uh, um, he had done some American films, but yeah, he apparently just died at like maybe 56, I think, from lung cancer mm. a few days ago, just suddenly. So yeah, sorry to condolences to him and his family, and I'll miss. And I was will hold those movies in high esteem. Yeah, um, I quite like the uh, the Swedish version of Girl with the Dragon yeah. Tattoo. Uh, he was great. Nomi Rapace mm-hmm. was was awesome in it, and yeah. So it's a shame. It's a shame that he's gone because he was he was quite a good actor. Not. Unfortunately, we didn't see as much of him in, here in America as we probably should have. But yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, so uh, there's, I guess, a few few things. But um, so, are you going to go see Dunkirk in the seventy millimeter format? So it's uh, the movie Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> we were talking about this before the show. Being released like the Hateful Eight in this yeah. very classic wide seventy millimeter format, and it's getting this huge release. And Brayden, what 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 are your thoughts? You just you love this, right? You, you're. <laughs> I don't know. I find it a little gimmicky. You know, oh, seventy millimeter. You know, 
honestly, from what I understand, I might be wrong, but from what I understand, a lot of these theaters are having to retrofit yeah. their projection equipment with 70 millimeter projection mm-hmm. because nobody has it anymore. Yeah. Everybody's gone digital. Mm-hmm. And most distributors... Go digital. <laughs> most distributors don't put film out on 70 millimeter. The only reason they've done this is because of the cachet that, that directors like Quentin Tarantino and, and uh, Christopher Nolan have. Mm-hmm. They've got a large enough audience that, that, that they can put it out and that the distributors will agree to this and then the distributors can force these theaters to, to install this equipment. So a small theater like us, we, could, we wouldn't be able to play them. We mm-hmm. wouldn't recoup enough money to cover the cost of the installation for all this equipment. Yeah. So again, these guys, you know, Quentin Tarantino particularly, who, you know, made a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of his, uh, his, his name, his, he got a lot of his recognition through his earlier films, particularly Reservoir Dogs, which I still hold as, as, as his biggest film, mm-hmm. you know, in smaller theaters. I think we played Reservoir Dogs here at the Chelsea. And now he's putting out stuff like the Hateful Eight with 70 millimeter. We can't, we can't, that puts us completely out of the running. We can't go back and retrofit our projection equipment with 70 millimeter. Yeah. Too costly. And so I wonder if these guys have even thought, have even considered in the slightest. I don't think they care. I don't think they do either. I don't think they care. I love Nolan. They want to, they, it's it's this whole bullshit artistic integrity thing, but they Uh don't, they don't consider about, the little the, sort of the end, the people behind the end user of the product. Cameras, yeah. So if it, if it winds up only at the multiplexes, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Fuck it. So um, I don't know. Again, obviously I'm biased. You know, they've got to. Oh, I'm only going to show it on seventy millimeter because you know. But I think it's very strange because mm-hmm. the technology has moved to be to the point where that's. The, I mean, it's it's gone the way the dodo. It's extinct, and so why there are still these people who 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 cling so tenaciously to actual film stock? It's it's mm-hmm. totally beyond me. And why they couldn't film it on film stock and then do a digital transfer? You know, okay, why can't you do that? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. So. I'm not a tech head. So a lot of questions, a lot of considerations. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, if they weren't putting out such good films, I'd be more bitter about it. Yeah. Damn it, Christopher Nolan. Damn be, you, Christopher Nolan. filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to admit, I love uh, Memento, Inception. Dark Knight. Dark Knight trilogy, of course. Uh, Interstellar, which I just saw recently, was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure Dunkirk That's is going to be spectacular. going to be the- People, if, if this is one trailer, if you haven't seen the Dunkirk trailer, go watch that right now. Yeah. Stop, stop listening to this. Yeah, turn turn us off and go watch the Dunkirk trailer. Yeah. Um, and it's gonna be amazing. Um, set your calendars. Seventy millimeter screenings or not. And sorry, there's some weird thing going on outside our theater, but um, yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, I kind of already blanked on what we were talking about, but... Um, Dunkirk, upcoming things, trailers. Yeah. Well, um... Oh, and, and Atomic Blonde. That's another... We won't go into it just because we, we're running out of time here, but with Charlie Theron coming out at the end of the month, mm-hmm. give Atomic Blonde a look, for sure. It's like a female John Wick, but Charlie Theron is amazing, so yeah. it's going to be the best. 
Um, yeah, they keep saying female Bond, and I keep thinking that's not that's not right. I'd say more John Wick. Yeah, or Born in Wick. a way almost. Or Born. Yeah, maybe. But although I think Wick. this is more substance, more styley than substancey, and yeah, the Born thing. There's a lot of cloak and dagger, intelligence, operativey kind of stuff, and so which was fascinating. Yeah. But uh, this looks more actiony, mm-hmm. whereas Born was punctuated with action and and the bond is more well i mean bond is a lot of style over substance but uh yeah eh. yeah but yeah so give logan lucky a look ingrid goes west atomic blonde dunkirk give all those a look when you have some off time yeah from your many activities where wherever you're uh listening to us hi hi <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> uh, slightly, but it's, it's okay. okay. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, sorry, we had a... Brief visitor, Sarah. Who's that? Sarah. Oh. One of the employees here at the Chelsea. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, People I are showing up for work. Hi, Sarah. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, shit, there's one thing I was going to bring up. I can't remember what it is. Um, oh, there was one thing. Maybe a new... Inst- segment of our show i guess well that's what we just did but like like a recommend of something that you've been watching on your off time besides what you've been doing for the podcast that you would recommend to listeners maybe on netflix or amazon or absolutely glow i mean no question about it i i I wasn't sure what to think i mean glow gorgeous ladies of wrestling throwback to the old television show this takes a very different approach to it and Mm -hmm. sort of a gritty um dramatic uh, take on the women involved in the show, and I'm sure I think it's all fictional, but but it's really spectacular to watch. Um, the the characters in it are all very well defined. The actors, you know, particularly spectacular po- uh, um, performances by Mark Maron and Alison Brie in it, mm-hmm. um, and the 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 actress that plays Debbie, and I don't know her name off the top of my head, which is a shame because she's also spectacular. But I mean, the whole the whole cast is really awesome to watch, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I'm nine episodes in now, and um, I mean, it's really spectacular. So yeah, uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to get that a look. What do you What have you been watching, Henry? Uh, fucking just garbage on TV. Garbage on TV. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, dry season on TV right now. Since Despicable Me Three is I out. I found out just recently, Preacher. Have you heard of that? I, I've seen the the pilot. Have not seen anything. Else. I haven't watched it, in, but it was it was put together by Seth Rogen, which yep. I thought was interesting. And yeah. It's based on a comic book property, mm-hmm. and a bunch of supernatural stuff, and all that kind of thing. But I just found out recently, uh, the girlfriend of the main character of the Preacher character in the show is played by Ruth Negga. Yeah, yeah. Who is amazing? And, she was so good and, and loving. And now I, I really want to watch it. And you've actually just completely. So I the other day I caught Loving on HBO. Yeah. I've seen I've seen the movie many times already. That's one. Th- that's be my my recommend yeah. for the week is um, it might be on Amazon also. Watch Jeff Nichols's Loving from yes. last year with yes. uh, J- Joel Edgerton and Ruth Nega. It is absolutely amazing. It is. It's brilliant. It's a beautiful story. And if you don't love it on the first watch, I know some people who didn't give it another look. It, it you know it's. And Ruth Nega is absolutely amazing. Like mm-hmm. her, 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 how she emotes with her, even just with her eyes is yeah. Amazing. I mean, she's beautiful, and her eyes are just astoundingly yeah. gorgeous. So it's amazing. If you got HBO, give that a look. Um, 
and be, I've just had like Despicable Me movies on TV and all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, um, Why do you subject yourself? to I that? don't know. Um, oh, phone's ringing. Um, and shit, there's one more thing. Da, da, I'm gonna bl- try and blot that. So nothing really spectacular that you're watching on the on the tube right now, or on Netflix. Or no, any of that. no shows. No, I'm I'm nothing. so tired of TV shows. There are okay. too many. Um, <laughs> oh shit, there was one more. Um, oh, I did rewatch Rise of the Planet of the Apes the other day. Oh, really? Which is not, it's not on, it's not That's on Netflix. the first one. The first one from 2011. Right. James Franco and, and even if you've never John seen any, yeah, yeah, even if you've never seen the originals or have very little knowledge, give that a look because the new one's coming out in next, next week, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very good. You, you'll be surprised about how good it is. Even if yeah. you have no interest, give it a look. And there's also Dawn of Planet of the Apes. That's another good one. Mm-hmm. They're both they're both really excellent films. And even if you don't see them, go see War. It's, I don't think you, you I don't think you even really need to have seen the fir- the first two. Probably not. I mean, it gives you probably more context, and you see the sort of the chronology from how the apes came by this, this super intelligence to uh, the spread of this intelligence among the apes to finally their fight for survival against you know a, a frightened humanity. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you probably they're probably the first two films are probably not required watching, but we'll give you better context. Yeah, um, but yeah, so loving and rise of the planet of the apes. Check out those two if you haven't yet. Particularly loving, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but all right, um, I think that's about all we got. Um, we hope any technical issues, it's not too noticeable. You know, we're still getting our gears going, really. Um, only a third episode. Yeah, uh, only a third one, but we hope you're you'll be sticking with us. Um, so next week we're going to be reviewing Spider-Man: Homecoming, more than likely, um, and then maybe Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled as well. And if there's some other, maybe what we might do another retro review as well of something connected to one of those. Maybe a so maybe Lost in Translation, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll we'll figure something out. Some classic review that you can check out when you're at home on Netflix or something. Um, And we should have a guest with us next week. And actually, maybe even two, we'll see. But one guy, at least over Skype, he's a huge comic book head. Um, And so hopefully that will all work out and he'll be here to get his thoughts and everything. Um, But, yeah. So, Brayden, thank you so much. Sure. Thanks for having me yet again. Yeah. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. Um, And, all right, we'll see you next week. (laughs) 